You know, I was entering today's podcast with a lot of excitement because what typically happens is, and is what's growing to be a continuing tradition on this show is that at the end of every show, I always come up with good trivia questions that I should have asked during the show. And then I always forget. And then I have to scramble together 10 minutes before every podcast and come up with something. But today I actually prepared my trivia questions. I thought of good ones. Mm. I remembered, I remembered what I thought would be good questions from last week. So now I actually have good trivia questions. And then I have to enter this podcast, reading the title, reminding me that we traded away Garrett Cole. And now I'm all, that's a good thing. Well, he sucks. <laughs> well, the problem is we tr- also got rid of Joe Musgrove, who we got in the Garrett Gold yeah. trade. And then two starts into his Padres career, he's throwing no hitters last year. I'm still upset about that. I don't think Joe Musgrove's very good right now, though. Uh, Colin Moran is no longer with – well, he's not I was going to ask. But Colin Moran ask. is no longer with the Pirates, but he was, uh, he was the guy. He was the uh, – yeah, you really – I don't know what the prospect rankings at the time were for these guys, but, yeah, you did get a real great haul for them. Actually, Musgrove's been pretty sharp to start the year. Not good. Um, uh, well, look, you see, we don't really pay players in Pittsburgh is the thing. So. Oh, Brian Hayes. Come on now. Uh, well – Okay, yes, but he, uh, dude, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s agent is apparently representing Key Brian Hayes. If that's the deal that he's getting, um, we also he, signed uh, Brian Reynolds to a two-year extension. What is oh, that? Yeah. Did you see Acuna's um, rehab start last night? No, but I heard that he's uh, looking to come back in the beginning of May, so right around the corner. Yeah, but he had a play. I I can't remember if this was Acuna or not, but it was in the same game that he caught a because he was playing right field, he caught a ball like at the wall and threw out a runner at third base on like on a rope. Oh, that was him. I, I actually did see that play. I, I, I just think didn't that realize that was him. Because it was definitely the Gwinnett uh triple A team. So I know what their uniforms are. Let me see if that mm. was him. Because that was an awesome throw. Yes it was. Well uh, I'm seeing all these uh, these memes on Twitter about I miss you, Spider Tack. Where'd you go, Spider Tack? All, mm. all of those, uh, all of those related uh, jokes at Garrett Cole. I have not paid much attention. However, I was given a little intel yesterday that Garrett Cole did not go two innings. Is that correct? No, it was actually the Fewest amount of batters he's ever faced in a in a game ever. He went one and and one and two thirds. He actually struck out the side in the first inning, which is the funny part. But yeah, I just so <laughs> happened to have the game on. But um, then gave up two runs, two both of them earned, and five walks in two thirds of an inning in the second, and got pulled. They ended up winning the game, but yeah, Gary Cole stinks. Yeah, that's man. That is his numbers though, and they're not bad. Like his Yankees numbers aren't bad. His first year in New York, he had a two eighty four ERA. It Which led is the great, league especially in, complete, in that ballpark. Right, led the league in complete games and shutouts. Uh, this was the COVID year, and oh. the next year, 
next year he led the league in wins. He had a 3-2-3 ERA, led the league in complete games again, uh, 243 strikeouts. And, and he's fine, but he always crumbles in the biggest games, too. He always goes through stretches where he's terrible, and his numbers are fine altogether. But you're paying him $324 million. You don't want fine. You want $324 million worth of Garrett Cole, worth of lethal pitching. That's not that- what they're getting. Yeah, now that I think back onto that 2020 season, I recall that he was pretty much lights out except for about a two-week stretch, and it just so happened that those were all the games that you decided to bet on. Is that correct? Yes, and uh, game I one remember of a, wild... a big, a big Braves game, I think. Yeah, game one of the wild card, he shut down the Indians. So that kind of sucks. Well, I'm sure he'll get it together. It's Man, it's we're two weeks into not. the season. Um, he can't possibly be as bad as Mitch Keller, but it's not like it's not I, like we traded him for Mitch Keller. So you know what? Maybe we did win that trade. Probably but, not as bad as Dallas Keuchel. Did you see his wonderful start today? Oh, that was magically bad. Uh, although he did have a lot of errors awesome. behind him, is what I heard. What's that? Although he did have a bunch of errors behind him as well. Yeah, Tim Anderson had three errors before they recorded an out in the second inning. Dang, Tim Anderson is good. Maybe, uh, maybe the White Sox fans need to give him a standing ovation when he picks up a, mm. a routine play with all those errors that he's putting out there. They actually had four errors total, or five errors total in the game. But, um, yeah, he uh, the second inning went like something like this. Started off with an error with Tim, by Tim Anderson, and then seven consecutive hits by Cleveland, one of which was a Jose Ramirez grand slam. Um, those are always fun. Yeah, a double play, RBI single, and then an out. And now the Guardians are winning one nothing to start the second game. Oh, that's right, game two. Is uh, are these full nine inning games, or does that start yeah. next year? Nine inning games. Hmm. So who do you have in the second game lineup? Because I doubt you have anybody playing, or I, I doubt you have many people playing the full eighteen. Let me see. Uh, Miles Straw is, I know for a fact, because I just saw him get on base. Jose Ramirez, I think Jose Ramirez is DHing because he had an RBI. He had the RBI double in the first inning. Let me pull this lineup up. Cause I actually haven't checked. It's only the second inning. Let's see who we got. We got Miles Straw, Stephen Kwan, Jose Ramirez. Ahmed Rosario, Bobby Bradley, Gabriel Arias, who's making his major league debut today. Uh, Andres Jimenez, Oscar Mercado, and Brian Lavastida. Andres Jimenez, man, you got? Did you guys win that Lindor trade or what? No, nah, Lindor's been hot. Uh, you guys lost it again. Yeah, we lost for for the time being. We have lost it. <laughs> I like how we just keep flip flopping back and forth. Every trade is very fluid. This, I feel like we. As Guardians Twitter, as I follow a bunch of people who tweet about the Guardians, we didn't make enough of Gabriel Rise as our thir- our third ranked prospect, and he's making his debut today. His first two at bats, he reached on an error. That's that's a, that's a guy who can get on base, is what I just heard. Uh, yeah, hey, listen, I watched Moneyball last night. I I know a thing or two about getting on base. <laughs> Are you a fan of that movie? I love that. It, it's pound for. Pound for pound, the greatest baseball movie of all time. It probably might it might be the best sports movie of all time too. Okay, I just what, think it's what, really well done. 
What do you mean pound for pound? That's what people say about short athletes. He's, oh, Allen Iverson, pound for pound. It means a compass totaling everything. Like there's like the sand lot. There's like. I cannot believe football. you think Moneyball is better than the sand lot or. Oh, it's drinks. so much better. It's so much better. It's not even close. <laughs> Moonlight Graham, man. Who gives a shit? Scott Hatterberg. <laughs> Yeah, played by uh, what's his face from Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt. Yeah, they look. I looked it up one day. They do look stunningly alike. Yeah, I hope the Giambi family was not watching uh, uh, Moneyball with you last night because they uh, they made Jeremy Giambi to be quite the locker room cancer. Yeah, they really did. They also made it seem like that was his first year in Oakland when it just wasn't. Like he played with Jason Giambi. Yeah, when, like yeah, there, they there's so many inaccuracies it. with that movie, but it's still it's such a great movie because what they don't talk about is that that Oakland team had the MVP and the Cy Young winner, and they just didn't talk about them. Yeah, Barry Zito, right? Yeah, Barry Zito and Miguel Tejada. But um, that's the, that's the one criticism people have of the movie, and I think people lost the spirit of what the movie's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about. Billy Bean and Paul D. Podesta building the team around yeah, their superstars with Paul zero D. Podesta dollars. is not even a not, not even a character in the movie. He's uh, who Jonah Hill plays. Well, yeah, but that's not like his actual name in the movie, is it? No, it's something else. I don't know why, but it but that character is Paul D. Podesta. Yeah, which is that I don't know if Paul D. Podesta just said no, but Cleveland Browns legend, Cleveland current Cleveland Browns legend. Hopefully on the phone trying to get Debo Samuel. Yeah, who uh, I guess guess there may may be something after all to all these athletes. Yeah. Who uh, just remove all their Instagram photos. Mm. So, but but hey, man, uh, good for the 49ers because, well, first of all, they're probably just not going to trade him. They're probably going to be like, "Uh, no, you're kind of good. We kind of want you. Yeah, yeah, we want you. They should trade him because he's decided to be a running back, and running backs only last four years, no, so his career is going to be over in a year. He do, that's the reason he wants out. He doesn't want to play that role. He just wants to be a wide receiver. Real, well, good, well, good for him. Well, That's what he said. Like, I don't want to be a running back. I, want to, I don't want to run my career into the ground. Screw that. I can't believe that we have a, a – a, smart athlete who's actually looking into the future and not and actually has some perspective this is this is a this is groundbreaking i know it, it, it that's the problem that's that's the bad part he is so good in his role you could well, argue sure. he was the mvp well, who who is making that argument many me people <laughs> let's look at let's look at these stats let's see what he's got Led the league in yards per reception, and that's the only thing he led the league in. But he had 1,400 uh, <laughs> receiving yards, six touchdowns, and he had 365 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. You could you could make the argument that he was an MVP. Only player ever with 1,400 receiving yards and 300 rushing yards in a season. Well, I feel which like is... his touchdowns and what he does after the catch is what makes him more electric. Yeah, but you see, I like to I like to throw out those very Thaddeus Young esque esque uh, stats 
there's the the super super specific stats that make you look like you're Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Listen, I will I refuse to take up any stat that doesn't explicit or just exclusively benefit my argument. That is that is how you do it right there. That's how you yeah, that's I, how you de- I debate. Just focus on what makes me sound right and ignore everything else. Uh, oh, I'm excited for tonight because we got a we got game two of Kyrie and Kevin Durant in Boston. Mm, Kyrie, now, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I've watched quite a bit of basketball over the weekend, mm. and that is not normal for me. So mm. playoff playoff basketball is alive, and it's time for me to actually start watching these games. Oh yeah, actually, hold on. I just found cash out of this. I had the over in that Brooklyn Boston game. I'm going to cash out because the total is lower right now. I'm going to get it at that. Look at you shopping. I know. Look at me. Figuring th- How much did I just cash out for? <laughs> because Bovada is weird. They're like so delayed when you cash out. It takes like two minutes to show back up in your account. And I want to bet the exact same amount, but I can't remember how much I just cashed. Oh, there it is. All right, we're in. I just saved one point. Well, hey, man. Might as well. Modern day um, insert famous investor here. Uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Um, Who's still alive. Matthew McConaughey. The character Matthew McConaughey played on Wolf of Wall Street, whoever that was. Was Um, Did he play Gordon Gecko? Um, I don't know, but I have heard of that guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've only seen that movie once, and I didn't really pay attention because I got so bored. I just remember there was a scene where they were humming and pounding their chests. That's right. That's the only and, uh, thing people remembered. And uh, I, 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 I haven't seen the movie, but I have seen that on Twitter, and I enjoy it every single time I see it. Let me pull up these. Let me pull up some of these odds for basketball because we can talk a little round ball. Yes, we sure can. And I will say, despite the fact that Brooklyn lost that game, I was actually heavily encouraged by that game right. for their chances to possibly win the series because mm-hmm. I think Kevin Durant has absolute worst game that he's going to have oh, in the he, playoffs. He wasn't good. One. He was terrible. Now, that is in part because I don't know what happened. I don't know where all of these rules about you're not allowed to hand check I, for some reason – you know, we always talk about how the chief, the salary cap does not apply to the Chiefs or the Rams. Uh, apparently, the playing, yeah, yes, now, uh, now that you have uh, your stud corner mm-hmm. hooked on for a hundred mil, seventy guaranteed. But I, I don't know what happened, but the Celtics were playing some tough defense on it, and I, and I like that they, you know, let it get by a little bit. Although that was a complete ref show. They mm-hmm. they were blowing the whistle every five minutes, but they weren't blowing it necessarily because people were playing tough D on KD. But he played his worst game. I, I don't think that's sustainable for Boston to just expect him to shoot as poorly as he did or turn the ball over as much as he did. Now, I do expect Kyrie Irving, his average performance, to regress a little bit from where he was because he was so good, especially in the fourth quarter of game one. I don't think that's going to be his average, but – I think there's going to be more progress from Kevin Durant than there will be a regression from Kyrie. So I think it's going to be a net positive. So for, especially for that to happen, 
in Boston, lose by one point. I think now it obviously would have been awesome to steal a game on Boston's home court and start the series with the advantage. But I, I don't know. I kind of came away from that game thinking if that's how bad Kevin Durant played, then they're going to be all right. Right. And the thing I think, because Boston's a better team, but at the end of the day, it's hard to bet against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Because even if one of them is having an off night, you're still going to be in the game as they were. It literally took a, a pretty awesome play from Jason Tatum for them to win it. And, again, you said Kevin Durant had a very poor shooting night. Kevin Durant doesn't have very many poor shooting nights. So, I still think Brooklyn, I don't think they're in the driver's seat, but I think they're in a super solid position. So, like, if they won this series in six games, I don't think I would be surprised at all. Or even five, if they just won the next four, just because that's how good Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are. Um, maybe Ben, I kind of hope Ben Simmons comes comes back and just screws everything up, because that would be so funny. Yeah, what is he up to? What's, uh... The oh, rumor... Just... The rumor is that he could be available for game four. Well, why? Is he like, what's wrong? I, I, I thought he was out for mental health purposes, and now he's just like, he's, hey, I'll be back by game four. They kind of took it slow because I think they were like, listen, if we're not going to make the playoffs, we're not going to rush you this season. So I think they kind of took it slow. And now that they're in the playoffs, they're like, all right, we can get Ben, let's ramp it up and get Ben Simmons back in the game shape. Does he have a back injury? That's what kept him out. Oh. All right. Well, hey, I know. uh, I saw Devin Booker. He went out. Apparently, that baby had an iron fist and just smashed it. Oh, yeah. Whooped his ass. He's he's potentially out for games three and four. And that might be bad because New Orleans might. If Devin Booker's not there, New Orleans might win these next two. Because they are so solid offensively. Like, C.J. McCollum has been a wonderful addition for them. Oh, I got to hear about C.J. McCollum this. Yes, you do. Everyone's been talking about C.J. McCollum forever. Like, oh, my God. It's 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 Damon. It's C.J. Oh, you know, C.J.'s right there with him. Is is C.J. going to be on the NBA All-75? I'm kind of exaggerating by that. But... mm. Oh, are are people talking? Is it the third it, Akron player from on the? Yeah, that's what I was. Are these northeast northeastern Ohioans? Yeah, are they? They're trying to get him on board. But no, CJ McCollum's averaging a career high in points with New Orleans. I mean, it's only been twenty six games, but he's averaging a career high with points in New Orleans. He's been really good with New Orleans. How many points is that? Like sixteen? Twenty four point three. All right, look. I think he's a good player, but everyone's – every time that he's, – he's one of those players, and th- there are many of them in sports everywhere, where every time that they do something great, it's all – you know, everyone needs to come out and talk about, man, that, man, he's so underrated. He's so underappreciated. We don't talk about him enough. And then no one ever talks about him again until he has one of those one of those hot nights. And then it's just – Oh my goodness! Oh man, we 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 don't appreciate his greatness. He he's underrated. You know, I can't believe it's like the Russell Wilson thing. I can't believe Russell Wilson's never won an MVP. I can't believe CJ McCollum's never been an All Star. It's like it's all all of this rewriting of his entire career every time he has like one good night, and it frustrates me, especially. And th- this is this all right. This is 
separate, and I'm not even necessarily tremendously upset about this, but I don't know what's happened the past few years, but Damian Lillard, I don't know if his play has gotten significantly better, but his reputation has. Like, a few years ago, if you told me that Damian Lillard would make the NBA all 75, I would have thought you were the most ridiculous human being ever. He should have. But, but now everyone's like, oh, yeah, Dame. You know, he he hits threes over Paul George and embarrasses him. Uh, you know, everyone's tackling him, and he's looking at the camera, and it's, you know, record scratch. You're probably wondering how I got here right now. But ever since that 2019 season where he uh, he took them – to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I don't even remember his path to get there necessarily. But I, I remember ever since then, people have viewed him differently. And then attached to that is, oh, Damon, CJ, you know, they're they're one of the best backcourts in the NBA. But it's like, okay, sure. But Steph and Clay were, all, were both all-stars. Even John Wall and Bradley Beal. John Wall, who... Might be dead. We don't know. Um, he, th- those two, and then you know Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan. They, they, like it's all, he's all, they've always been in those rankings for the for the best backcourts in basketball. Now I know that they're not on the same team now, but CJ McCollum was always the odd man out as the only guy on those lists who wasn't an All Star, and then everyone was just associating him with all of them, even though he wasn't. I would like to uh, tell you to shut up. CJ McCollum's good. Okay. Well, <laughs> he, he has been – He's listen, he's not the best player on the Pelicans. He's, when they're fully healthy, he's not even the second best player on the Pelicans. But he has been tremendous for New Orleans. Just a solid scoring option to complement uh, Brandon Ingram. And they've been – they look really good offensively. Like, again – Without Devin Booker, Phoenix is still the better team, but they're in trouble. Yeah, and they just gave up one at home, and now they're going away. So momentum is fully on the side of uh, New Orleans in this one, and I, I like to ride momentum, uh, especially in the playoffs. I like to just I, I like to see who's you know who's going to be the home team. I think winning a game on the road heading home is one of the best things you can do yourself in the playoffs. So um, the Nets would be in a great position to do that tonight. Um, the Grizzlies – well, actually, the Grizzlies were at home, so they're going back. To, that that would have been disastrous for Memphis if they were heading home down yeah. too well. But which, by the way, Florida. brings me to another uh, takeaway from the playoffs. You know, th- Thus far, they just started like three days ago. But I am a – Big believer in the future of Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah. I I think he is a really, really good talent. And he is a total NBA draft pick, meaning he is just all athleticism and then kind of figure it out from there. But, uh, man, he's got it. He oh, just bro. He's just more athletic than everyone he's going to play against. So I think, he's, I think he's got scoring titles in his future. He is – and I, I remember when everyone overreacted because he did some interview where he's he's like, man, I, I, I could I could be a quarterback. I could be a baseball player. And he just <laughs> listed all of these sports that he could also go pro. And everyone's like, is right. Anthony Edwards committed to basketball? <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking about? So uh, I'm pretty sure those paychecks that he's going to be making will keep him committed to basketball, considering that 
for all of the money that NBA franchises make, they only have 13 players to pay. I think that Anthony Edwards is going to be enticed enough to stick with basketball. So, uh, yeah, A Rod is going to be hosting the NBA playoffs mm. come mm. either tomorrow or Friday. That's what people are talking about. I think Friday, but um, oh, yeah, listen, that's what I'm talking about. Don't need no <laughs> J Lo anymore. Oh, it's raining in Cleveland. That sucks. Oh no, they uh, they got to get that figured out to the because. It sounds like you guys here? are winning. We're winning one nothing. It's not raining here. Are you in Berea? I'm in Brook Park, which is right next to Berea. I can see downtown Cleveland practically from my house. That's pretty cool. I can see, like, because I live literally right next to the airport. So, and when I'm driving down the road heading back to my house, I can see, I can see Key Bank, and that's it, the Key Bank Tower. You know what that is? I actually don't. I it's, it's, just the, it's just the biggest tower. Or not, is it bigger than Tower City? I don't know. But it's the big tower right behind Progressive Field. And I can, see, I can see that. I can't see Cleveland, but I can see that in the distance. That's a, that's a pretty cool little sight line that you have there. It is. I, I don't know how much I will enjoy living right next to the airport because sometimes my, my, my entire apartment shakes when a big ass planes taking off but <laughs> or when right. like air force one would like fly over my house they just <laughs> like my whole house shakes it's so nuts yeah you're getting an early wake-up call too because the the flights those uh those start pretty early right and then the blue angels kind of fly i think they fly into that airport sometimes and really? those are loud as shit the, i actually enjoy those i enjoy a good now i don't know how that tradition started of doing flyovers over sporting events, like, hey, this is oh, congrats- I got, oh, oh. congratulations! Thank Major you, League Baseball that. just started. Uh, you know, we're having we're having opening day. Let's send these planes over top of you to to express how significant yeah. this is. How did that start? I don't know, but I went to the Guardians home opener, and they were doing that. This is the first time I've ever been to a sporting event where they brought out a flag the size of the entire field. Which was awesome. I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. But um, so they were doing the national anthem. And usually when whoever was singing the national anthem says, and at the home of that, that's when the planes fly over. Mm-hmm. Like no less than 30 seconds before that, just a regular like Delta flight flew right over the stadium. I'm like, if they do a flyover, like they're cutting it close because that it's right in the path. It's flying right over the stadium. And like no, no, literally twenty five seconds later, the the jets flew by. I'm like, they should have coordinated that a little bit better. I feel like that could we could have cleaned that up a little bit, like maybe a couple minutes. It sounds because like the it flyover. It, it it sounds like the flyovers, uh, especially. By the way, those are you have to have pristine timing for those to work out, right. like. If, you know, if you're delayed by, you know, those guys, when they start their flight path to go over the stadium, they have to do that well in advance. So if they're, if they misjudge by 30 seconds, you know, so-and-so is going to be out there like doing his warm-up pitches, not Kenley Jansen though, because he's not allowed to apparently, but mm-hmm. anybody else will be doing their warm-up pitch. You know, the, the umpire might go stand in the path of the baseball 
which is a great idea um, when somebody's trying to pitch. But yeah, you know, so and so might be don't you know mid wind up, and then all of a sudden here comes this giant plane over his head, and he launches the ball <laughs> into this crowd. But it sounds like flyovers have been a thing since World War One, um, and Sport, the right. the Wikipedia page for flyover is actually called fly past, which I hate that name, but they do acknowledge that flyover and flyby are both commonly used as well. They were probably, if they started around world war one, it was probably like pro war propaganda, like get the troops rallied up, get the people, get the people, get the patriotic blood pumping in the people. Yeah. It's, um, they, they say that flyovers are common at professional sports and racing events as part of the performance of the Star Spangled Banner. The flyover had been a strong NASCAR tradition, as every major race features one, usually performed by an Air Force or Air National Guard wing base in the area, and in some case, cases at naval and marine units. That makes no sense why – first of all, I don't get why the Navy has planes anyway, because their whole gig is that they operate below sea level, so I don't understand – Although I, the Navy, they do have the cool looking ones. Um, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I, I'm not. There's smart no way I could describe them, but the Navy does have cool looking helicopters. But uh, Army helicopters have a, but, uh, Super Bowl, World Series, Major League Baseball, All Star Game, um, the U.S. Open for tennis. <laughs> That's mentioned. Oh, Indy 500. Uh, a NASCAR, the Daytona 500, and blah blah blah. All right, so yeah, uh, World War One somehow turned into sports, but I guess that that's the same thing with the national anthem. Is that that was a, a wartime thing that just never went away? So I guess it's kind of like you know what, you know what I think. I think that every Cleveland Browns game should have a flyover because it's it's just that important. Agreed. I you know what I agree. Do you ever go to uh, a college football game against, like, at Ohio State for against one of the service academies? Uh, no, but shoot, the the year Dude. I had season tickets, it was like UNLV. Right, and... yeah, that's the year I'm talking about. It was Army because I was at that game, and they did. They had like cargo planes flying over. Like they had like they brought out the big guns when Army came to town to fly over. It was awesome. That's sweet. I'm about anyway, to look at basketball. Well, while you look up playing basketball, yeah. Um, the 76ers are only two point favorites tonight. It's in Toronto, but Toronto's without Scotty Barnes. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking about putting a little wager on Philadelphia. Um, I don't, I don't, who's who's going to guard this James is, Harden? Wait, this game is when? Tomorrow, you said? Tonight. Tonight is Brooklyn, Boston, Philly, Toronto, and Chicago, Milwaukee. Uh huh. Okay. Um, I Philly's going. No, they're going to Toronto. Okay, so Matisse Thybul is out, but okay. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves because He's a defensive player. I... Yeah, and. Joel Embiid is still four inches taller than the Raptors' tallest player. So, mm. uh, good luck. And by the way, James Harden still exists. And uh, apparently this Tyrese Maxey guy is just deciding to become uh, the, oh, new yeah. TJ, the new TJ Warren. Um, playoff TJ, bubble yeah, TJ Warren, in fact. That, that's absolutely right. So, 
I, I am not intimidated at all. I, I, I really think people are making too big of a deal out of this whole uh, uh, vaccine situation with uh, Matisse Teibel. I, I just don't think he's that important. Now, look, I know that defense matters in the NBA pretty much only in the playoffs and never at any other point in time. But I, I, I do think that just one player missing, especially when Joel Embiid is plenty good enough as a rim protector, yeah. I I think that they'll be able to manage. And with Scotty Barnes out too, I agree with you. Seventy sixers are a good good call. Getting them at two though, that's I wonder I don't know. I'm not smart at I I don't know what the Raptors what they do at home. By the way, I saw an awesome stat today. So, what is that? So I bet on the Hawks last night. Bad idea. Um yes. Wow. Betting on the enemy, okay. Mm, yeah, oh yeah, I'm listening. But um <laughs> trying to jinx them. The Hawks have lost 41 games this season. In those 41 games that they've lost, they're 0-41 against the spread. Wow. That's that's insanity. Yeah, it really is. That I Oh, my gosh, man. I can't that's, believe that's it. That's almost, like, unfathomable. Because the so, Hawks were so bad to start the year that they had to have been double-digit dogs many times. I got to think, though, that they were – you were probably projecting them to lose to the Heat. Yeah, I thought they were going to lose, but I saw them at seven and a half, and I know they got dismantled in game one. And I'm like, I, seven and a half, I'll take it. They ended up losing by 10, so I wasn't, like, wildly off, but – Well, uh, all right, fair well, enough. But uh, regardless, I do – did you find out this stat before or after you bet it? Uh, this morning. Oh, okay. So now now you know not to do that. That is not Correct. what we're going to do for the next game. But yeah, I'm just never going to bet the Hawks again. Th- that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. But uh yeah, the Hawks don't stand a chance in that series. No. Um I I really really wish that the Cavaliers were in. I I really do. I I'm not even a Cavs fan, but I know that they have more talent spread out, and that uh, they also have that kind of grittiness opposed to the the flash and the flare of Trey Young shooting threes and not playing defense. So, I uh, man, I was giving you updates during the game. I was rooting for him. I was watching him for you because I know that you were at the Guardians game. Um, I actually had it up on my phone too. Did you get a good connection? Surprisingly, yeah. And it was Pat, like the. the Huh. The ballpark well, you, sold out. Like it was well, well, you weren't in the shoe, so you must have gotten good connection. Well, that place is a cassette. Well, to be fair, it's almost double the size. Of, or it's probably more than double the size. It's definitely more than double the size of Progressive Field. And they sell out every game. Yeah, that's just... The shoe's Wi-Fi connection is one of the worst oh, things I've ever experienced. Ohio, what, that's 120,000-ish, Ohio Stadium? 105. Progressive Field. I think Progressive Field's like 50,000. Yeah, b- baseball oh, no, parks? No, way off, 35,000. Yeah, b- baseball parks do not house many people. No, they don't. They re- yeah, no. I mean, basketball arenas don't either. Cleveland's like 20,000. Yeah, football is actually the only one. That like really 
like packs the house. Oh yeah, I mean the Browns are only like sixty five thousand, or like eighty thousand. Well, okay, college stadiums I should say are the only ones oh, that yeah. really. Browns stadium capacity. Let's see what we got. Sixty seven thousand. I don't know why that is. I don't know why the NFL stadiums are like forty thousand less than the college stadiums. I, I'm willing to bet a large majority of money Ohio State is more of a money factory than the Cleveland Browns. Well, uh, yeah, but because they're better. Well, maybe because students. Maybe I know how many. How many of Ohio, it's not a lot, but how much of it is student section? Ohio State. Uh, that's a good point. You actually have section. Capacity. I guess you have more guaranteed attendance just based off the college students alone, let alone the actual fans who are traveling from out of town. Right. Let's see. It doesn't really say. How many Browns games do you go to a year? I don't go to. I've probably been. I've been to definitely less than 10 Browns games in my life. Wow, that that surprises me. Just because you they're just to, so like, bad and they're so expensive, it's just not worth it. Because you you go to like ten Guardians games a year. Oh, probably more than that on average. Wow. Oh, this is that's oh, are they are they a cheap ticket? The Browns? No, the Guardians. Uh, yeah. I mean, do, where I do you I, play the I, game where you bu- you buy the nosebleeds and work your way down? But they don't. They don't really. They kind of don't play with that anymore. But um, I just I buy. I like the standing room, so I just get standing because you're in the lower bowl in the standing room. So I, it's like fifteen bucks, and it's a pretty good seat. Like I was standing right next to the foul pole down the first baseline for the home opener. Huh? What? Oh, no, they're so fifteen dollars. You're, the, you're on the concourse. Oh yeah. They're great seats. They're it's a great it's a great deal in my opinion. It's first come first serve, which kind of sucks. But oh, so it's like if you you get a ticket and then all of a sudden right. you show up in the bottom of the first inning and all of a sudden like you're elbow to elbow with a bunch of people because you couldn't get to the front. Right. I, people who showed up late to the home opener were trying to like squeeze their way in, and that's when you have to like dig deep and just kind of like no fuck off. Get here. Early. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. You... Like me and my dad went to a game two of the 2016 ALDS against Boston, and it was a it was like a four o'clock start, or yeah, it was like a four o'clock start. And my my dad works downtown, and he we get to the game. If we got there maybe 20 seconds later, we would not have had a good spot in the stand because we had standing room tickets. We ended up getting because sometimes because when I went to the home run derby, I ended up standing behind somebody in the standing room, which is fine because I can still see the field. But I I didn't have the ledge like I wasn't up against like the table of like the standing room because there's like a big the guardrails just have a little table to put your drinking shit on. I was just standing behind somebody. But me and my dad, we ended up finding a spot and it just so happened we were just there at the right time. Two assholes from Boston came up to us like, hey, can you switch spots with us since you're taller? And we just kind of ignored them. They stood behind <laughs> us and kept yelling. They just had the most violent Boston accents you could imagine. 
from Boston. The way they said, the way they pronounced Mookie Betts just pissed me off, or the way they pronounced Dustin Pedroia. Wasn't there? A, oh, well, first I hate Dustin Pedroia. Um, mm. Also, uh, I'm trying to. Th- wasn't there a? Uh, didn't you do a podcast with a a Boston guy at one of the old writing places? Either uh, PTSD. I've been on a podcast with. Or PTSD, I should I didn't say. Do, I didn't do one. I was probably on one with somebody. No, because I remember. Uh, I remember I listened to it. It was um. I gosh, it was some Boston guy. You, it was like a three three man booth. And um. Oh, uh, had, the guy who founded the Scorecrow. He's a he's he has a Boston accent. So I was probably just doing a. I they had a bit. There was a baseball podcast there. I jump on every now and then. And that was probably the one you're talking about. Probably. Yeah, those ones would go on for hours. But um, that's <laughs> that as we got off them again. Um, Golden State's now the betting favorite to win the championship, plus three fifty. Are you and serious? If Jordan, if Jordan Poole keeps doing what he's doing, I mean, shit. I don't think anybody's going to stop him. Oh my gosh! They look they, so good. Yeah, they do. They have one of the craziest home court advantages ever. I, when they get going, it is just oh, yeah. suffocating, and they play so fast. It is ridiculous. Oh, I, I'm, so I've been watching these games, trying trying to root for the Nuggets to be competitive, and yeah, I, I, I just happen. I have no hope because yeah, that's not gonna happen. They, the dude, the third quarter Warriors from the oh, Kevin Durant God. days are back. Like that oh. third quarter that they have is unbelievable. I there's nothing else to say about it. They're just so incredible. They shoot what, so well. They run. They and as soon as they get, as soon as the Nuggets score, the Warriors they get they get out of bounds. They pass it in and they just run. And they are just so fast and they shoot so well that it's just. Man, they the threes are better. I, every time I watch them, I just think about like 1980s and 1990s basketball, and I think about what in the world would these teams do if they saw this? Because no one played like that back Dude. in the day. They, and they, they yeah, probably throw them in prison. But yeah, they they no, no one even thought to, to like to try this. No one even thought that man, if we just rain a bunch of threes, a team that shoots a bunch of twos can't come back from that. So. Um, I I cannot believe the level of home court advantage that team has, but it is absurd. Yeah, their third quarter runs were pretty killer when they played the Cavs in the finals. That's why I contend that J.R. Smith should be in the Hall of Fame because of what he did game seven, entering the third quarter, scored eight straight points to bring us right back into the game. I'm just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> hey, people are talking. Let, get, listen, that, get, that, get the word out there. That is that is very well discussed in Cleveland and nowhere else. What J.R. Smith did to open up the third quarter because the Cavs were in danger of letting that one slip away heading into halftime. Oh man, I uh, they were down like eight going into the half. My memory of the 2016 Finals is not even that good, and I wish it. Were. I, I'm just, I'm great. serious. My best memory of the 2016 Finals is how bad Harrison Barnes was. That is oh, the God. only thing that I can recall. Was it's dreadful. I, I, I remember Harrison Barnes 
just couldn't make a shot. Which, speaking of which, this actually has a, a Cavs angle to it. Um, mm. A very slight Cavs angle, but it is has become a running joke after as of like two days ago in my in our little sports group chat. Um, I have one friend who claims he's never once seen Jay Crowder hit a jump shot, and now every time he takes the court, all of my friends are just watching him miss. But that is that that is what Harrison Barnes was in that series, and that that's I remember. Draymond Green getting suspended for Game 5, and then inconveniently Andrew Bogut gets hurt in Game 5, but – which – that I didn't like that because those were your two best defensive players. And again, the and the defense only matters in the playoffs, not the regular season. So mm-hmm. I uh, – in my anti-LeBron agenda, I would have really appreciated it if um, Draymond Green could control his emotions – and if uh, Andrew Bogut's knee didn't fall apart, former yeah, Cavalier, that was, yeah, Andrew uh, Bogut getting hurt was killer. Yeah, the start uh, best is Ely. Oh yeah, and then eventually, then they started Draymond Green, and they just realized that was like the Hamptons five before they even like knew what they were doing. Right. So Draymond Green ended up at some point in that series actually starting at center, but. I don't know. They weren't they weren't, they weren't ready for that yet. I always laughed when because the game Draymond Green was suspended, he was at the Oakland A's game, and they showed him in the Oakland A's game in a booth because he was ready to walk over to the stadium and celebrate the championship if they won that night. Well, I mean, he was he like was he on the um, um was he on the bench for that game? No, he was at the Oakland game, the Oakland A's, because they played right next to each other. Because the old oh. stadium was right next to the Coliseum. So he wasn't even allowed to like hang out on the bench. No, I think when you're suspended, you're not allowed in the stadium. Wow, I didn't know that. So, well, I guess he might as well. I'm sure that. Or A's maybe he just didn't got... want to be a distraction. I'm not quite sure about that. Oh yeah, Draymond Green's worried about he he wants to not be a distraction. Okay. Yeah, he's very conscious. Unlike your quarterback. Which one? <laughs> the one going around talking about how disrespected he is. Although he, I mean, he wasn't wrong. Yes, but, he was. well, he said, like, that he was lying. He said, Andrew Berry told me one thing, then he did something else. I like, I think he was disrespected in that way. If he was just uh... told, like, he was incorrectly informed, which I think that's on Andrew what Barry. What Andrew Barry said is they are ready to roll with Baker Mayfield. He didn't say Baker Mayfield is the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback. Oh, my gosh. Now we're doing the technicality game. Well, is it, listen, Baker, if you want to feel disrespected, I'm disrespected that you suck last year. I feel disrespected <laughs> that you stunk. I did appreciate it's, how he said that last year was miserable. I was, yeah, I was fully, it really was. Baker. I was fully prepared for him to go on a rant talking all about how, uh, you know, last year, oh, my shoulder, man, just if my shoulder was better. But he he literally said something about how – because he was, he was talking about, like, yeah, I, I, I gave my all for the city. I really did want to win here, which I believe, obviously. I Like, I didn't want Baker Mayfield to fail. I wanted him to get drafted. Oh, Gabriel Rice just got his first career hit. But – um. <laughs> 
And then he goes on to say, yeah, like true Clevelanders know that I, that I tried my hardest for the city. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. You don't, you, you were born in Texas. You don't know fucking shit. You, you played football here for a couple years. That's all you have about the city. True Cleveland. That was the only part that really pissed me off when he said true Clevelanders. Shut the fuck up, dude. Well, yeah, because you are a true Cleveland. So he's trying to talk to you and get you on, on his side. Yeah, well, I want him to stop talking to us forever. We well, all want him to shut up and just go away. Whoever is in his ear telling him he's doing good things right now to up his trade stock is, is very is very stupid. I think that and I, I think I he's trying this. to get released. Well honestly. That would be in his best interest because I mean, no one's gonna trade for him at this point. Mm-hmm. They've already established that. And now Robbie Anderson's going around telling people, uh, eh, no way, no. <laughs> uh you know, we're not going to we, – we don't want him here. We're not about that, whatever, I, which I, I, don't, I don't know what the conversation would be. Would Sam Darnold be a part of that or would he – are Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield both – you know, if you gave the Panthers the number one pick and the number three pick from the same draft, mm. I don't think it would if – you, if you say, hey, you're going to get Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold um, – they might be like, sweet, one of them's going to be awesome. Uh, no, the reason you're getting them is because both teams didn't want them. But, yeah, if you're the Panthers, do you want Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold? Uh, I'd rather just fuck Baker. it, Sam Darnold this year. We'll try again. We'll, if not, if it doesn't work out, which it's not going to, we have the draft to look forward to. I'd go Baker, honestly, man. Um, more upside. He's certainly an improvement. Like I don't think there's a doubt about that. He's certainly an improvement over Sam Darnold, but he's also a giant inconvenience at the same time. Yeah, because if Baker Mayfield goes there and they win seven games or something like that, they're kind of screwed out of the top quarterback list, and then they're kind of playing because then Baker's going to be a free agent after next year, unless they sign him, which I don't know why you would ever commit long term money unless he just lights it up next year, and even then. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a light him up type quarterback. I think it's pretty well known that he is better suited as a game man, served as the role in which he did in twenty twenty. I, I don't. I don't know if he's ever going to be worth it. That's the problem with the Panthers. Like, yeah, sure, he'll he'll win us games, and maybe we could accidentally find ourselves in the playoffs with Baker Mayfield. But as what if he screws us out of a top quarterback? I'd rather Sam Darnold just come back. What and just just see what happens. I, I I would stay away from Baker. Too much money to commit to. It's not worth it. I I'm not trying to jinx you jinx you guys at all, but I I really do think that you guys are going to be a good playoff team this year. Oh, I think they're the fa- I think not the favorite, but I think they are maybe the third best team in the AFC right now. Um. Between uh, Buffalo and honestly, it might be Denver. Man, I might go uh, Denver over Kansas City. Uh, now let let me preface that if Kansas City gets a stud receiver in the first round, which I think they might, that might change things. Well, that would that would really hurt my agenda of hating them. But oh. hey, man, I'm tired of them. I. I I actually, actually no, I don't. I was gonna say that I have a Chiefs-related trivia question. Well, I guess it could be 
somewhat Chiefs related. I, I I could tie that in, but I um I, I'm just tired of them. I want something else. And I think the Broncos are gonna be really good and really competitive. Um I don't know that they're gonna win the division. I probably would put them above LA, even though Everyone is losing their minds over Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack being on the same team. Here you go. Uh, Well, look, all I'm saying is – And J.C. Jackson. Yes, Joe Burrow made it to the Super Bowl in year two, and everyone's still talking about how Justin Herbert – he's a a top five QB, man. Don't don't sleep on Justin Herbert. Well, you know what? Joe Burrow took a worse team to the Super Bowl. So – let's figure it out in year three. That felt like magic to me. That felt like one of those, like, just magical years. Like, oh, yeah, Joe Burrow led the Bengals to the Super Bowl for no reason. I don't even disagree with that. I think that's probably really Like, I don't, like, if they missed the playoffs, if they just missed the playoffs last year, I would not be shocked at all. Uh, Well, neither would I. Also, because I think you kind of had the perfect storm happen. Right. uh, Just to at least get to the playoffs now. Uh, within the playoffs, we can argue. I mean, I could, if I really wanted to, I could pick apart every single game in the playoffs for the Bengals. Now, what I can't pick apart is that they almost won the Super Bowl, except for like a game-winning drive. So that I can't, I can't pick pick apart. But we can say that the Raiders were, as far as playoff teams go, not great. Now they they were a good team in general, but Right. Uh, as far as playoff teams go, it's not you know they weren't Super Bowl content. Aside from just being a playoff team, period, they were not Super Bowl contenders. Not yeah. The yeah. Titans, uh, very untimely turnovers from Ryan Tannehill, and if he just mm. doesn't make horrible decisions a couple times, especially when you let up what was it eight or nine sacks, Titans right. probably should have won that game, played themselves out of it uh, due to poor quarterback play. Uh, the Chiefs just forgot that running the football existed in the second half because they probably, if they wanted to, they could have just alabama Cincinnati. Oh, how about that? Cincinnati, Cincinnati. So if they wanted to, they could have just done the Brian Robinson strategy of just give it to whoever's in the backfield, I guess a three-man front for an entire half. But I don't know. They They got a little bit lucky in my opinion, that the path just to getting to the playoffs was so easy because right. the Browns severely underperformed. And on top of that, we also they actually know, beat the Bengals two times this year, last year. Yes. Both times. Oh, but severely performed against everybody else. Right. <laughs> um, but well, the last game didn't count because that was JV all-star game. Yes, exactly. On top of that, though, the Ravens had completely fell apart. Um, and they were, you know, Lamar Jackson was just like basically questionable for every single game. I don't even, right. I still, don't even, I still don't even know what his issue was. I don't either, but Tyler Huntley looked awesome. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Um, a guy we've all, talked about many times on this show, dating back to when we were in the old Lantern studio, because I was in love with that Utah team. Yes. I, uh, here, all right, fine. I'll I'll give Justin Herbert some credit since I'm used. To, I'm I'm always taking something away from him. I thought his uh, his victory against Utah was probably the first or maybe probably second behind that LSU Alabama game was probably the second most significant victory of the entire season in college football that year. And I thought that they should have made the playoffs 
over that garbage Oklahoma team. But um, what would it be the first? LSU over Alabama, the uh, the game that basically yeah. had sixty draft picks. Which, yeah. by the way, they're about to add two more. Uh, they're about to add two more first rounders because uh, Evan Neal and Derek Stingley are both going in the first round this year. So right. we're about to, on top of what we already had, and we're we're yeah, about what to have that game more. was unbelievable. That was better than any senior bowl you could ever concoct. I think that was my favorite college football season ever. Oh, you! I I I don't even want to give an answer, but that is a great question for us to unpack at some point in time. But I'll just say this because <clears throat> Oklahoma certainly was not going to win the national championship because they were just not even close. Like the top three were far and away the best teams in the country. LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State. They were far and away. And you could make the argument that if, and we can do a deep dive onto this later because I don't have all the stats in front of me right now, but I have looked at these stats. You could make the argument that if either one of those teams, and obviously one of them did and is considered one of, if not the greatest college football team of all time, if either Clemson or Ohio State won a championship that year, you could have considered them as statistically one of the greatest college football teams of all time. Because they, all three of them were top 10 in offense and defense. I believe they were all top five in offense. I think only LSU was outside the top five in defense. Because Clemson was number one, and I think Ohio State was like number three. Those Actually, I, I forgot awesome. how OSU's season ended, so I may too jump I on board and say that that was one of my favorite college football seasons ever. You see, this is horseshit. <laughs> what do we got to do this about? What do we got to do this for? Uh, they should have won that game. God damn it. I have never in my – well, the only other time, and this was back when I really hated Ohio State, was my early childhood. The championship game against Florida – Oh God! May have been the time that I like was most rooting against Ohio State. I don't think I, I may go with that one over Clemson, but those two for sure. I I can't even begin to explain. Like when Ohio State played Notre Dame, I wasn't even that upset. I mean, I certainly wasn't happy, but I wasn't like heartbroken that Notre Dame lost that game. Um. I was well. I was kind of heartbroken the first Fiesta Bowl back in 2006, but mm-hmm. um, the uh, 2005, I should say, uh, it was played in 06. Yeah, technically it was because it was played in on uh, New Year's Day. But I think the most that I've ever just watched a game out of spite, I'll say number one was Ohio State Florida in the championship. And then just one one B was Ohio State Clemson in that that first Fiesta Bowl. Not even um, Ohio State LSU. I don't even the year after Florida. I, I I don't even think I watched that. Well, here's the reason why I was even allowed to watch the Ohio State Florida game because you know these games kick off at ridiculous times because they have a a giant pregame show that apparently is more important than the game itself. But I was sick that night. And I was mm. – it was already determined that I wasn't going to go to school the next day. So that's why I got to stay up was just for that. So I, I got to stay up just to, just to spite Ohio State. So that, I was uh, – I, I learned who Tim Tebow was that night. So did the world. 
And Kim <laughs> Newton was on that team. Yes, he was. And I'm sure, uh, you know, a bunch of other criminals, including oh, their coach. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Kim Newton a criminal. Uh, well, I, he stole a laptop. I feel like that's just stupid. I don't think what? that, no. That's a, that's a, rude. That's a, a slap on the wrist crime. Well, depending on whose yeah. laptop you steal. Um, yeah, depending who is the person stealing the laptop, too. Cam Newton stealing the laptop is a slap on the wrist. Yeah, you know, in college, it's kind of just, all right, give it back, give it back. Was that Maybe. at Florida or was that at the commu- or was that the reason he transferred to the community college? The answer to both of those questions is yes. I think, yeah, I just, I, I played that, I played what I just said back in my head. I'm like, well, that just means the same thing. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Well, yes, uh, that's why he was no longer going to be on the football team at Florida. Um, Here's believe, a trivia man, question. Which which junior college did he attend? Butte. Wait, no, that's uh, wait, that's Aaron Blinn. Aaron Rodgers. Blinn, there you go. Uh, Chris Anderson, Birdman, also played basketball at Blinn. Hmm. I, um, yeah, so they, the uh, they're putting out pros is what I'm hearing. Do you know who the quarterback for LSU was the year they beat Ohio State? Yes, I do. And if you asked me this a while back, I would have said Jamarcus Russell, but it was one, the one-and-done Matt Flynn. Mm. Con- Big-ass contract receiver and the numbers player of the C- for the Seattle Seahawks, Matt Flynn. Yes. They, uh, I actually, as part of my research, I uh, – as far as my sports research that I like to do for fun, I um, I just did like a quick little thing on Matt Flynn just because I knew that, first of all, I knew that it was ridiculous, but I actually want to walk you through. Actually, shoot, this was going to be a trivia question at one point in time, <laughs> but now I can't do it, but it's okay. Let me um, let me get to the, the big take. Okay, here are my, my takeaways. Hold on. Before you do that, I have to pee really bad, so I'm just going to mute myself and then you go ahead. Okay. Uh, sure. All right. Well, um, so we were talking about Matt Flynn and just that 2000, the 2007 national championship season, which was crazy, by the way, that LSU was even able to make it to the championship after they lost to Arkansas in the final game of the season in thrilling fashion. And game, by the way, which Matt Flynn was awful in. Um, and that, that game, too. Is uh, I remember that as being one of the greatest college football games ever, but the first half was so painfully bad that when I went back and watched it, like going on like nine, ten months ago, uh, that that first half was so bad it really took away from the game. Uh, but I mean, it went into three overtime, so by the end of the game, you weren't even thinking about the first half, uh, except for me apparently. But f- funny thing about Matt Flynn's career. So first of all, he gets drafted. We have some massive breaking news. Oh, okay, perfect. I'm talking about stuff that happened like 15 years ago, so go right ahead. According to Woj, hold on, I was on my, I was on, I still had my phone up on King, but uh, I just saw the glimpse. But according to Woj, Jay Wright is seriously considering retirement right now. No, no, I love Jay Wright, man. Gosh, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like he. He's on a path to become. He's sixty. He's, he's like he's old. But yeah, he's not, not young. Old, but yeah, he's not young. But he was on a path to being considered 
one of the great uh, he already is but like he, he and he'll never i don't think he would ever reach coach k or uh wooden status but if no. he rattled off like another national championship and maybe two more final four appearances like you're talking about top five all time at least and to do it at Villanova too, which is not exactly – he didn't walk into a blue blood. I think right. they had one championship, uh, maybe even just one final four. I, I think it was a in 1985 because I remember everyone talks about Patrick Ewing and Georgetown versus Villanova. I, I don't know what game that, – that might have been a national championship or something. I don't remember, but this is – man, what is – what in the – what in the Tom Brady is going? No, not Tom. Who was the? Oh, maybe who, who he's taking the Seventy Sixers job. No, don't pull the John Beeline, dude. Please, no. Doc no, Rivers is probably good as out of there. He is. Especially if they don't win, he's gone. That's breaking news to me too. That all of a sudden Doc Rivers is out of a job. Doc Rivers stinks. I. I tend to agree just because I, I assume that his players hate him because he gives them plenty of reason to hate him, but I don't know if He's going to go coach that. the Lakers. Well. That'll be a disaster, and then LeBron's oh going to come back dude, to Cleveland, please. and then everything's going to be good. I will actually be in so much pain if Jay Wright goes to coach the Lakers because that would be such a tragic I'm talking about ending. Doc Rivers. Oh. That would be perfectly fitting if Doc Rivers went to the Lakers, actually, because then – Everyone's going to hate each other. That's going to be great. It almost makes too much sense for him to go to the Lakers. Go, he can go go he, back to uh, – He's a LeBron to, guy. Or yeah. LeBron's a Doc Rivers guy. I don't know how much Doc Rivers fucks with LeBron. But um, <laughs> they need a coach. It's L.A. They're obviously going to want a big-name coach. Doc Rivers is as big-name as they come. Just makes too much sense. And then Jay Wright's going to go coach the 76ers. And maybe – Villanova would want Chris Holtman. Hmm? Maybe that. Hmm? Well, well, who's coaching Ohio State? Is Greg Literally Oden coming anyone. back? After, Literally after? anyone. <laughs> Greg Oden and Thad I think Mata John Dealer both just went to Butler. Yeah, then Thad Mata comes back to Ohio State. That's the circle. According to John Rothstein, who is in the know, Jay Wright is expected to retire. Man, I get it because – that's a demanding schedule and you're 60 years old, which is when like other people, you know, normal people retire from normal jobs. But man, this is sports. You're supposed to go until you're like 80. Let's go, Jay. What the heck? 80. I, I Listen, I don't know if I want to be like Joe Pa coaching from the press box. <laughs> right. Hey, man, he was just coaching in the press box because every time somebody fell into him, he broke three bones. It's amazing he didn't die just by a slight breeze at the end of his career. <laughs> how about a, dude, how about Jerry Kill? Jerry Kill was like yeah, that dude having a bunch of seizures. He was having a seizure every Saturday. It's like what is he doing? Still coaching? I think he's still he's somewhere. Um, I don't remember. What uh man? What team did he coach? Oh, he coached Next the up. um. He coached the North Carolina. No, not what am I talking about? North Carolina. Um, no, before that, he coached the Northern Illinois teams that had like Jordan Lynch on it. Oh yes, that's how. Yeah, that's how he got. uh, That's how he made his way up to the big leagues. 
Yeah, he's currently the uh, New Mexico. He was just named New Mexico State's head coach. He is actually the interim coach at TCU when uh, Patterson left this season. He was? Yeah, because he was an assistant to the head coach from 2020 to 2021. And then 2021, he was the interim head coach. Assistant to the head coach? Like he was running out and getting his, him coffee and stuff? I got it. Assistant to the general manager. Or assistant to the manager. Yeah, assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, that's right. I haven't watched that show in forever. I'm not paying for Peacock. They can fuck off. Yeah, that's a... That's a... <laughs> Aside from... Uh, I don't know. Some people like Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've never watched it. Yeah, it's all right. I, I don't. I don't think Andy Sandberg is funny whatsoever. He uh, he just. I I, I tend to disagree there, but Brooklyn Nine Nine's all right. I, I don't mind Terry Crews. I like him. He has a couple decent seasons. It has a couple decent seasons. I do have one friend who loves it. What what is it? Is it? I I take it. It has something to do with the Brooklyn Police. Well, yeah, Brooklyn Police. Yeah. It's a comedy around Brooklyn about these guys who work for the Brooklyn Police Department. Huh. I, uh... Okay, uh, oh, yeah, Peacock's, like, there's no way anybody's paying for that stuff. Um, especially from a sports angle, because they're always, they're always uh, advertising on it on, like, NBC and stuff. Like, dude, you have Sunday Night Football and Notre Dame Football. That's kind of it. They lost the NHL. They have, congratulations, you have the Kentucky Derby once a year. Great. It's huge, but I uh, outside of that, and outside of hosting a Notre Dame game that they almost lost um, to Toledo of all teams, uh, yeah, no way. They're a what a garbage streaming service that I re- will never take part in. Yeah, I have every or I don't. My parents pay for them. I just use it. But um, <laughs> I need Tristan McKenzie to stop walking people here. I feel like that's something from our generation that we'll be able to take with us is that we're never going to have to pay for streaming services because I feel like that's just one giant family account that's just going to get passed passed down from gener- – I feel like no one's going to get Netflix is off. trying to crack down on it. No way. And, no, uh, wonder that, no wonder that they're expected to lose, lose uh, 2 million subscribers in the next three months. Dick in a Box is very good. Mate, OD, I do agree with that. But um, what? What? Your anti Andy Sandberg agenda oh. is being disputed Ex- in the comments. But um, oh wait, we we got a comment section. Yeah, I didn't even know we, we, this ever had. Oh, hello, Mateo D. What's fun. up? That was that that popped off when I was I was in the perfect I was in middle school when that song came out, and that was like the perfect time for me to for that song to come out for me. For my enjoyment of it, my oh, middle school man. brain, like, I'm... oh, he's like, he said, "dick in a box." That's funny. It is funny, but they also <laughs> him and um, him and somebody else like a musical about Seiko and Mark McGuire on the A's. It's on Netflix. It's really weird. That is one of the weirdest. Like Andy Samberg of... plays Jose Canseco. I can't remember who. I can't remember who plays Mark McGuire. Well, he's but... about 150 pounds shy, so I wonder how that Yeah. Looks. Yeah. Well, and about 350 pounds missing on the bench press. Probably not roided up and crazy like Jose Canseco. 
Have you seen the roast of James Franco that Andy Sandberg did? That was the most uncomfortable thing ever. Uh, he was in, no. he was intentionally he was intentionally trying to be bad, and then people were loving it. Like Jonah Hill was losing his mind at how funny he thought that Stephen was. Stephen Kwan made me lose a lot of respect for Jonah Hill, to be quite honest with you. But sorry, Stephen Kwan threw somebody out from the outfield at home. So I, I just had that's to. okay. Oh, there we go. A run scored. Don't don't. But he threw out the other runner. Tristan McKenzie is still has no idea from has still has no idea what goddamn carbs are. The dude weighs 105 pounds. <laughs> it's crazy. He is the skinniest human being I've ever seen in my life. Um, Probably grew up. He is from. He did grow up an A's fan. It's just Kevin Durant. Uh, the comment section. He did grow up Andy Sandberg. We're talking too much Andy Sandberg here, but he did grow up an A's fan. I do know that. Mateo, go it. watch. Go watch the roast of James Franco and watch the horrendous performance that Andy Samberg put together. It, he was he was intentionally bad, but it was supposed to be he, he's so bad that it's funny. It was just awkward. But Jonah Hill, I lost so much respect when with how hard he was laughing at him. That was ridiculous. Also, Jonah Hill has one of the most unexpectedly strange laughs I've ever heard. I it, it is very high pitched, but. This wasn't expect. Wasn't expect. Hey, he he was great in Moneyball. Oh yeah, the role of Paul De Podesta. Yes. Also known as Peter Brand or whatever his name was. Yes, that that's it. And, this uh, the was, was with Boston the game just tipped off. What's that? I said he was working with the Indians, and then Billy Bean said, "I need that guy." I don't know yeah, why, but he's. I, I don't know how true it was that he like bought him from the Cleveland Indians, but. That's what he says because I watched the movie last night. But um, yeah. <laughs> is, oh, I forgot I was gonna I was gonna say something about I had a fun fact about Paul DePodesta and I just lost it. I got a fun fact about Matt Flynn if you still want it. I would absolutely love it. All right, let's pull this up here. Okay. Um. So I got you peed way faster than I thought you were going to. So I barely got into this, and that's okay because we don't need to get too deep into it. But I got a few a few highlights of Matt Flynn's career. So uh, he had an eight year career, which was really good in my opinion for a seventh round draft pick. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, He spent the early stages of his career in mop up duty, pretty much behind Aaron Rodgers. That's basically the only time that he got in, by the way, um, they drafted Brian Brom in his second round that year. This was, I believe Aaron Rodgers' first year. So they drafted two quarterbacks. And the the reason that I remember that is because Aaron Rodgers just said that in one of his interviews with McAfee. He's like, well, you know, Jordan Love, this isn't the first time that they put me on the hot seat. When I was heading into my first year starting, they drafted two quarterbacks. So Matt Flynn actually beat out Brian Brom, despite being drafted five rounds behind him. He beat him out for the second spot. Um, Didn't really play a whole lot, but how about this? Um, So he basically got a starter's contract off of one game. So this was his final game of his rookie contract. He came in for a week 17. Aaron Rodgers was benched because they were already in the playoffs. Um, This is, this is, this is, these are the numbers that he got 480 yards and six touchdowns in his second career start in year four. So Hmm. final game of his rookie contract, all of a sudden the Seahawks notice him and we're like, okay, we want you to be our starting quarterback. We've seen enough. Um, He then, 
He then lost a very winnable QB battle, in my opinion, to a third-round rookie in Seattle named Russell Wilson. Who? Um, uh, Never heard of him. But the reason it was winnable is because Russell Wilson had no leverage and as a third-round draft pick. Additionally, um, he beat him out in the preseason. So it's not like Matt Flynn went out there and he he wasn't performing up to his contract. They signed him, and then he still was never seen as the starter of that team. So uh, that doesn't go very well. So the next year, he goes to the Raiders. Um, by the way, Terrell Pryor, this was Terrell Pryor's third year oh, yeah. in Oakland. His first two years were spent sitting behind Carson Palmer. And then all of a sudden, here comes Matt Flynn. He's still on his starting money. So the Raiders are now paying him starter, starter's money. So uh, let, let me see. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't view the details of the trade. I don't have that recorded. But um, they bring in Matt Flynn, pay him starters money now, and then a guy who's been just rotting away on the bench, um, and will will go on to be a receiver, is the guy who ended up beating him out. So that is the tale of. Matt Flynn's career. He then spent like three games in actually, no, he spent like one game in Buffalo, went back to the Packers for a couple of years uh, because he was much more comfortable being Aaron Rodgers' backup where right. people just didn't know that he was actually bad. Um, be the best guy in the world. No hope about him. And then spent one year with the Saints and his career ended after the 2015 season. That is my oral report on the history of Matt Flynn. If I could go back in time and pick my career, I think my career would be a backup quarterback behind a legendary, behind a legendary quarterback. Because you're there for all the fun and all the success, yeah. but you don't really have to do anything. And you're never in, you know, kind of like, kind of like Chad. Who was Henning. Peyton Manning's um, back? Jim Sorge. I want to be that guy. I want to be Jim Sorge. Oh my gosh, dude! You couldn't have gotten that answer out of me, and if I had a hundred guesses. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, he was probably only there for like a year. I just remember Jim Sorge. Um, oh, you know why I remember Jim Curtis Sorge, Vayner. that motherfucker? Because he needed to beat the Tennessee Titans in week 17 uh, in 2007 to get the Browns in the playoffs, and he didn't. That loser. Yes, because people were showing up to the Browns game in Peyton Manning jerseys. Yeah. It was. I, what, I remember oh God, that because I, I watched that off. game because Brady quit. I think Brady Quinn was playing in that game. He, Wait, he played. So the Browns played the 49ers earlier that day, and they crushed them. And Brady Quinn was a rookie, but it was uh, Derek, that was Derek Anderson's coming out party. Uh, obviously, we're not going to put Brady Quinn in over Derek Anderson when we just won 10 games. And he got to play a little bit in San Francisco, and he threw a touchdown. I remember the place went nuts on TV. I just remember watching it on TV, and the place was going nuts because everyone was so – because he was in Ohio. I can't remember if he's an Ohio guy, but he grew up a Browns fan for some reason. Who, D- Derek Anderson? Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Oh, no. I, I went to his high school. Oh, yeah. He went to Dublin. That's right. Yeah. So, my, he was you, – you can absolutely guarantee my hero growing up, although – That makes sense. Now, that The A.J. Hawk and his sister connection, that makes yeah, sense. Now. Okay. Yeah. yeah now I get and, now, and now A.J. Hawk lives in Dublin. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine. It's a rich area this, of Columbus. Yeah, they, uh, they have a I, nice house that I, yeah, uh, I, I think is hidden from by oh, yeah, big yeah, trees. Oh, yeah, probably has a compound. 
<laughs> yeah, well, he does because McAfee talks about it all the time on his show. But <laughs> Daniel Tice is still in the league. Yes, dude. He's I, he's like six eight, and he's a seven. he's a solid dude. Like he's a solid big man. Just kind of have run out there every once in a while. He's intimidating. Solid defensively, will just won't fuck everything up. Just got an over the back, but who cares? <laughs> how uh, how far are we into that game? Eight forty nine left in the first. Brooklyn's up nine to two. Oh man, I uh, I was going to say something about Ohio. Oh yeah, during the beginning, during the early parts of quarantine, I would just go on road trips just by just because there's nothing else to do, and I'd I'd drive to Dublin and I'd just drive around Dublin. I had no idea you were here. But, well, I lived in um, I because I lived in oh, my college oh. house over the summer that summer okay. of twenty twenty. That, that makes way more sense. Um, all right, give me give me some of your takeaways from my homeland. Um, a lot of nice houses. Yes. Um, are there two Dublin's? Is there like a Dublin and then like a Dublin township or something like that? Because I thought I remember a bad part driving through a bad part of Dublin. Um, we I don't think we have a bad part, but we we do have yeah a, yeah. I wouldn't the call sl- it bad, but it was there. We do have like one side of town that's less than impressive. Middle I guess. class, yeah. We look down upon them. <laughs> Living comfortable lives, gross. Exactly. You know what time? Uh, I really liked Upper Arlington. I really like Upper Arlington. Oh, it's that's uh now that Upper Arlington and New Albany, they uh they're doing pretty well for themselves. And I say that as a Dublin yeah. person. So Upper Arlington has like a bazillion preschools and elementary schools all right next to each other though, which is really funny. Oh yeah, that's a we have high schools and middle schools that are like right next to each other. So it's like well, you, my middle school is right next to my high school before my my middle school became like an athletic facility. Um, and then my high school, they just rebuilt it and it's so nice. And I had to go to a high school in like a hut pretty much because it was a, built in like 1445 or something like that. <laughs> and they got this new high school and I'm like, this is horseshit. I was trying to do a math test on a, uh, on a chair because we ran out of desk. <laughs> I walked in. I walked into my math class. I'm like, where's my desk? And she's like, oh, yeah, someone borrowed it. You can just use this chair. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what, what the heck? You didn't get any say in that. She he, she was nice. And I was like, yeah. She's like, I'll give you, like, a couple extra bonus points just because. What? I'm like, yeah. Because I was I was playing on the road. It was a road game for me. It was tough. I needed I needed some advantage. Well, hey, the home team gets three points against the spread, not the away yeah. teams. No, I it, it was tough. I, I I can't remember what I got. Probably poorly because I just couldn't care about high school. But um, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, there. Upper Arlington, there's like I can count, I can visualize it in my head because I used to drive out to Upper Arlington to do DoorDash when I was doing that. Um. Just because that was my plan to just go to the rich neighborhoods and just sit in there. But um, how, how'd that plan go? Pretty well. I actually made I, I made some not so bad money doing DoorDash. But um, 
Made some gambling money. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> there, I can visualize it now. There's one. There's like a Catholic one behind this one. There's like one directly to the right. There's like I'm counting in my head how many schools are next to each other in this little block, and like a five, like a ten mile radius. You know where Upper Arlington High School is? Yeah. Like right around there. There's maybe one, two, three, four, five, seven schools next to it. Wow. I, Does that have to do with, like, you guys have a lot of schools in Dublin? Uh, yes. We have – this is going to blow your mind. I think we have 13 elementary schools. That's a lot. I, we, when I was younger, we had, like, five or six elementary schools. We have three high schools. But our But our school district – contain three cities oh yeah because you guys merged right so the mid park the the mid park side of it mid park used to be its own high school because our school district is berea brook park and middleburg heights middleburg heights mid park is just a combination of middleburg heights and brook park and that's where those kids went uh-huh. they had a planetarium in that school it was awesome that is pretty cool wow it's now the middle school it's also uh, the movie My Friend Dahmer was filmed there. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, it was about Jeffrey Dahmer. He's a, he's a buck guy. But, oh, wait, come on now. Yeah, he lived in the towers. Mm, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I, d- I did have one friend who lived there, and it, it seemed it seemed all right. And look out your window and see Ohio Stadium—that's pretty cool. But uh, Josh kind of Harrison, a... I think, just fucked himself up. What did he do? Josh, there's a little bloop, and he made a pretty—he made like an over the head, over like I can't Willie May style catch, and he like tumbled over the left fielder, and it looked like he really hurt himself, but he didn't. Yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates legend Josh Harrison. Yes, two-time All Star. Also. Mateo, comment in the section. How do we know you? Or are you just a big fan of ours for some unbeknownst reason? Do, do oh. you know? I don't, I don't know. Do you know? No. I'll, I'll, you can, I'll invite him to speak if you want. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot we could do that. I'm sitting here playing 2K, reminiscing of the 2014 finals. I'm the Spurs, and I'm trying to beat the Heat, and it's not going well. You're playing 2014 NBA 2K? Yeah. Uh, well, no. I'm just using the historic teams on the oh. recent 2K. but So I had the new 2K because I had one of the new next-gen consoles. And that was like the first game I bought. And so your options are you can either go to college, you're like, you're my career, you can go to college, you can go straight to the NBA, or you can go to the G League. And when you get drafted, one of your first things you can do is you can like a t- tweet bashing your owner. And it's fucking <laughs> awesome. It, I I couldn't. I I I agreed to. The, you can make your character a complete dickhead, and that's exactly what I did. And then the second thing you can do is just delete all of your photos with that team on yeah. Instagram. Hey, uh, yeah, I took the Houston Rockets out of my Twitter bio. Yeah, exactly. That's who I got drafted by. You can you can speak anytime <laughs> you want, man. I am just a totally random person that hey, well, enjoys calling a much. Uh, but you guys can talk baseball. I'd enjoy that. I've watched a lot of baseball this past week. Are you a uh, Giants fan? Um, no, I am a uh, I'm a all up and down the West Coast person, but I am emphatically not a Giants fan. Ooh. Uh, I'm a Dodgers fan, though I've probably watched. Uh, 
I've probably seen I've probably seen almost as many Giants games as Dodger games because there was a period when I was in LA and could not watch my own Dodgers, nor could Vin Scully. Vin Scully also was subject to the same blackout as was like sixty percent. The of blackouts LA. in Major League Baseball are so ridiculous. I can't watch the Pirates who are four hours away from me as if first of all, it's the Pirates, so they need all the all the viewers they can get, let's be honest. Yeah. But I, yeah, that has yeah, always yeah. made zero sense to me. Pirates yeah, already have. I've noticed that actually in terms of, uh, in terms of like, you know, the first week of the seasons uh, for a real baseball fan, it's always really cool because like, two thirds to three quarters of the teams like have real dreams of like, being right. like what the Royals were like six years ago, or what the Rockies were a couple times, and being like a small market, or what the Rays are like a lot lately. Being a right. small market team that miraculously uh, gets those big playoff bonus checks and has players that get to send back twice as much money to uh, DR, right? Uh, right. Like a, like a Rosarena. They all have that dream, but then, of course, like the dream dies a little bit every week. But, you know, it's already kind of <laughs> dead for, like, the Pirates. No, no, it's not. We've been, uh, well, actually, this, this series has yeah, been, been really horrible. It's kind of, you know, it's more dead for the Orioles, you know? Like a real baseball fan knows how the schedule works. Like some dreams, some dreams die a lot earlier. And like the, you know, the Rockies dreams are more alive than ever, of course, but the Orioles already look flat. The Phillies already look like the Phillies already look like they don't have the answer to win the East. Right. They don't have their defense is atrocious. Yeah. But man, free Alex Oakland, man, they lead the league and run scored and they, they, their home opener was last night. Do you know how many people were in attendance at Oakland then? Last I'm going to guess like uh, 11,000. 3,000. <laughs> there were 3,000 people at the home opener. That's night. really funny. I That's think that's so one, bad. Too. Yeah. Dude, you count how many people are <laughs> you know, Do you know, you guys know what's, what's most sad about that is that like, uh, this is this is classic California in terms of what, what, is, what is great and ridiculous about it is like, the whole Oakland Coliseum complex is so like environmentally friendly with like a great working BART system that goes everywhere. It's one of the greatest pieces of infrastructure in the Bay Area. Totally functional, huge parking lots. And yet, and yet, they have now lost two out of three of their big ticket teams there. And the A's yeah. obviously would love to leave if they could. It just shows like, you know, people people talk to talk about environmentalism, but you have like this great piece of infrastructure bart takes you right. right there and people don't even take advantage of it at all i always argue that oakland when your team because obviously i don't watch a lot of oakland A's baseball but when when the guardians go there they have one of the best stadiums to watch when it's at night i don't know why the darkness just hits right yeah. in the stadium uh-huh that could be a, that could be actually an, an ironically good effect of Mount Davis, which was a ridiculous waste uh, when Al Davis. Uh, now it's more ridiculous than ever that the Raiders aren't even in town. When Al Davis <laughs> moved to Oakland, of course, he made them build that extra deck, uh, right. which is used like maybe two percent of the time, if that. And yeah. uh, but it kind of makes it makes Oakland more a little feel a little more cave like from the field. Is that what like the A the, the numbers are? are like the retired numbers? Um, I think they're up on Mount Davis. That sort of makes sense. They're right. not all retired numbers, too. I think Haas, my head. Haas gets a shout-out as the former owner with those jersey numbers, too, I think. Oh, uh, okay. The A's are a funny franchise, okay. you know, because they really were uh, – they were kind of the, the cheapskate weird genius team back in the 30s. 
uh, where they kind of cheated. Yeah. They didn't really cheat, but they, they intellectualized their way into championships they didn't deserve. Uh, All right. Hey, Mateo, I, Mateo, I got a question for you. This, this, mm. this is important. How, oh, uh, what year were you born? I was born, I don't want to give too much personally identifying information away on this thing, but right. I'm, uh, I'm in my mid-40s. Okay, well, here's why. Because I, ha- I was going to add a trivia question to DJ later on, and I, because of our age being born in 98 and 99 between the both of us, I was going to ask a, que- a, a trivia question that might maybe spread outside of his wheelhouse. So it was going to be a little bit challenging, but I, I, well, all right, Mateo, you can't participate because with this may have been, you, you may have been following this. No, you can ask him. We have. No, well, no, I would ask. Oh, no, okay. okay. All right, I, I just won't jump on it. I'll let you guys jump on it. Then. Okay. All right, all right here. Mateo, you, you can jump in if DJ doesn't get it, but this will, here, right. this will be the, this will be question one of trivia. All right. Um, DJ, this is for you first. So in 2001, Major League Baseball owners voted 28-2 to two to eliminate two Major League Baseball franchises. Shockingly, the two franchises who were going to get voted out were opposed to that. But which two teams were at risk of elimination from Major League Baseball? Oh, I do not remember this one. See, with this being I don't know off the bat. I, I do know who's had horrible attendance since then. I do know which two teams have, have always struggled to reach – 10,000 in the past five years, but that's obviously not the question, and they didn't have psychic right. powers 20 years ago. Let's see. Yeah, two, two teams were, like, were literally going to get kicked out of Major League Baseball. I don't, I, I don't want to say Oakland is one of them. They were the problem child that was having the poop, the poop dugout issues already back then. <laughs> A little bit. Um... Trying to think of struggling franchises. That was that was that when time. that was when Oakland fans got stuck with, uh, with, you know, it's actually, you know, people diss this guy so much when he just shot himself. It's really sad. Jason Giambi's uh, less talented brother. Jared. Yeah, that, that was that era. Yeah, yeah, he just killed himself. People yeah, were so people were so hurtful and tasteless about it. It's people really? are awful. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, I'm shocked. You know, it's it's a cruel story. You know, the guy who uh, the guy who took his spot. He was coming along and was supposed to have a career, and then he just deflated uh, right as uh, Big Poppy came in. Big Poppy took Jeremy Giambi's uh, DH spot in Boston, and oh. you know the reality is both Big Poppy and Jeremy Giambi abused steroids in that era, right? But right. we want we made we make you know we make one into like a like morality tale of a guy who didn't belong because he was the less talented brother. And we make big poppy into like this cuddly hero, you know, that like everybody wants to give a hug because of the bullshit mythology. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, also big poppy is also extremely good. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, he took, he took Jeremy's job because he was a hundred times better at it at yeah. being a, a left-handed power guy. Right. Yeah, like yeah. a little bit, a little better at it. <laughs> Mateo, yeah, I saw, I saw, a, I saw an entire thread on Twitter uh, just yesterday, praising Michael Jackson's talent. Okay, if you're talented, no one cares. Well, yeah, I could I could talk for hours about uh, MJ himself and how weird and particular that story is. Uh, there's actually a really great biography of him called uh, Untouchable, which is uh, which is <laughs> great. But yeah, but yeah, he was a uh, he was obviously uh, had some some judgment and control issues that uh, you know I, I personally I uh, I've I've actually was kicked off a 
I was kicked off a uh, A's fan forum for being abusive towards A Rod, which is you know what? kind of impressive. Yeah, yeah. I was such an A Rod hater that I actually got kicked off an A's board. This is like a dozen years huh. ago. But do you uh, like him as a broadcaster, though? You know, it's in terms of like for me, those are the kind of characters that drive me most nuts. In terms of somebody that had the talent but still did the roids, right? Because right. A Rod, it was good enough to he would have been a big leaguer even without it. So all he really did in terms of like as a pure player was kind of degrade the game. I mean, obviously the gods punished him with his playoff record, anyways, right? Yeah, yeah, and forcing him, the gods forced him to retire at six hundred ninety-six home runs. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's uh, been a long-standing beef between me and A Rod that he retired four home runs shy of seven hundred. Well, could he have caught Barry at that point? He could have. No, right? at, at that point, no. Was, but when he retired, it was kind of like the Yankees telling him to go away. Well, because yeah, you remember they Peter had, like, was also weird... past his prime. Nothing is nothing is as bad right. as the uh, nothing is as bad as the Kobe contract, though, right? For giving somebody who's just purely awful at it, like a nostalgia thing, right? It, the, I just remember a Rod, like the Yankees basically told him to go away in his final season, and like April they had like his last game, like they marketed as his last game in like April. It was so it was, funny. yeah, right, right. It was the opposite of the Derek Jeter goes and gets like a right. plaque from the Kiwanis Club in two hundred cities, right? Yeah, seriously, Derek Jeter getting the key to every city in America. Yeah, yeah. But um, Albert Pujols now. Albert Pujols has been raking to start the year, by the way. He has he only has two home runs, but which only, but he's now <laughs> 19 home runs away from 700. You know, they actually, the, the Angels, unironically, I think the Angels, unironically, this is actually something that's already probably happened this season. Didn't they actually really try to give him a shot as a new NLDH, but the reality is he's just too old? Because he never juiced. Pujols, of course, is an example of someone that was uh, great, but could have been Ruth if if he if he juiced, but I don't think he ever did. Right. Oh no, he would have been. He probably would have had a thousand home runs if he juiced. He is. Yeah, such yeah. An he would be. He'd be like the Will Chamberlain of baseball if he juiced. Right. And yeah, he, he's actually yeah, like he's been pretty solid with the Cardinals this year. You know, also what I like about Pujols, I'm personally agnostic, but he's like kind of one of very very few sports celebrities who take their Christianity very seriously. But pretty right. much just shuts up and tries to be a Christian, which is great. Yeah, you know? yeah. He doesn't awesome. just use it as a cool little aside or little right. introduction to his press conferences. He actually he he walks it like he talks it. And uh, yeah, which I, is I've unfortunately never, very very rare in this country. We have some of the worst I've, I've fake Christians anybody, in the world. Here. <laughs> I've never met anybody who who hates the who hates steroids as much as you. Oh no, you know I don't hate I don't hate steroids. What I hate. Oh, don't what I hate back now. Well, I mean. <sighs> You know, I mean, you think about the heartbreak that like made Jeremy, put Jeremy Giambi where it was. I just don't think they did they did the players any favors. I think a lot of, I mean, I think I've I've enjoyed sports kind of like as especially baseball kind of like as a cheap drug that gets me through. But you know, the the exploitation physically that a lot of players put themselves through is just not worth it. And steroids were just, you know, especially like in the Lyle Alzado era. What did that guy do to himself? It's just sad, right? Right. Yeah, you know, I never heard of them. Like so I have because no home runs are sick. But um, <laughs> and I can't get and I can't get rid of my love for Barry Bonds because I'll always remember the day because I was because I was like nine when he broke the record and I was able oh, well, to I, stay. I was old. I'm old enough to have seen a bunch of those home runs live right. and that crazy 
only Barry Bonds would do a uh, like a 24 or 25 degree angle shot to the deep porch in right center in SF. There's only one person who's been able to do oh, yeah. that. Some people can barely hit it with like a normal like 32 or 33 degree shot, but only Barry would throw like a gun javelin type spear out there that would go into right. the seats. Only I, I, Mateo, this is for you first, DJ seasons. second. All right, Mateo, this is for you first, DJ second, because I think DJ and I have already covered this on the podcast before. Which team did Barry Bonds break the home run record against? Uh, I want to guess Nationals NSF. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you have gotten that, DJ? Oh, yeah. I remember everything about that. (laughs) And then the guy gets – That was like one of the greatest moments of my life. Getting dragged out by the police because they're like, they need to protect this guy because he's holding so much money in his hands right now. Oh, yeah. Now, What's would you guys story? say in your Barry fandom, would you acknowledge that his, his lazy defense was the definitive moment uh, of the World Series he did not win? Would you say oh, that's unfair oh, or is that true? Ahead. Well, how about in 1992 when Sid Bream, who was one of the slowest people on earth at the time, is standing on second base, ball hits a left field, Barry Bonds Cadillacs it to the ball, and then throws it home, and somehow Sid Bream, of all people, who did play for the Pirates, now – He's rounding third base, heading for home, and somehow makes it home safely because Barry Bonds, in his mind, was already playing for another team because he hated Jim Leland so much. I He cost us a trip to the World Series in 1992. Right, right. He did that when he, just a few months after, he was uh, he was one of the last players to, to have minor league time in Hawaii, right? That was really early in his career, right? That I don't know. but Yeah, yeah, he was... Uh, uh, Barry, uh, the the pirate system actually uh, uh, talk about like uh, heaven and hell. <laughs> if you were a minor league player, uh, you know, in terms of flip backwards, if you were a minor league player in the Pittsburgh system, this ended like a long time ago, like twenty five years ago. They actually had a, a minor league system team out in Hawaii, and I think Barry was one of the last guys to go through that. But it was a ceremonial thing. Everybody knew from his time playing playing like ball in Arizona that he was genetically designed to be like, you know, a, be- a better version of his dad. And everyone knew that. So it, they only sent him out there. Like, you know, it's kind of a ritualistic thing for a few months because he was inevitably going to be playing pro ball, you know, sooner rather than later. So right. the pirates had minor league affiliates in Hawaii. Like, I believe that's were, true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in front of the internet. I can't check it out, but I think that's true. We I believe that's the, true. The and I think Barry agent destiny destination. Ever. Yeah. I think I think Barry was one of the last players to uh, to experience that. I'm in front of the internet, so I can Google Barry yeah. Bonds, Hawaii oh. Miners. A fun fact about Barry Bonds' home run record ball: um, the guy who gave it up to him, I think his name was like Mike Basic. His dad gave up the Hank Aaron 755th home run. Oh which right, was, right. His, well, yeah, which gave up Hank Aaron's. I think it what would have been his final. Yeah. His final home run. That's just an interesting thing. He gave it up. He gave up. He gave up the last. Oh, home run oh his of dad Hank was Aaron's the pitcher. Yeah, his dad gave up the last home run of Hank Aaron's career, which was the record until Barry Bonds broke it. When his son gave up the home run to Barry Bonds to break it, I just thought that was interesting. That is very interesting. You know, ninety-one is not as early in his pro career as I thought. So he uh, he did yeah, ninety-one he games. 
in 85 in class a uh and then um in 1986 he only did 44 games in hawaii they used to be in the pacific coast league which is actually huh. a pretty old league at one point the pacific coast league had the old sf seals and the old hollywood stars which sort of kind of were the giants which well the giants obviously moved out but and then of uh they became the angels of course the hollywood stars um, so that was kind of the remnant league that was a minor, the minor league at that point. Uh, but he only, he'd only did a tiny bit of time there. As of 1986, they uh, they wanted him in the big leagues because you know it's funny now you see in baseball second generation guys all the time. But he obviously had you know all of his dad's talent. You seem like a baseball aficionado. Oh, I just know the Barry story because I'm a, I'm a West Coast guy. Right. So. I just found it interesting that he's only he's never had a season of fifty home runs, but he's had a season of seventy three. Yeah. Well, he could have been he could have been a forty forty guy for years and years if he wanted. Oh yeah. He could have done, but he you know he just consciously. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, in terms of him kind of dogging out the defense, it's just funny that like that memory is like a full decade before he sort of his lazy defense might have cost a game against the Angels too, right? Um, By the way, know, um, the only thing I remember about him from t- 2002 was the getting walked with the bases loaded. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that actually against Barry, that wasn't necessarily a dumb thing to do. He's he's one of no. very very few players. That's true. How about Corey? No, so I probably would have done the same thing in that situation. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I noticed the Corey Seager. I think the coach actually ended up winning. No, that was a weird no, Madden thing. I think Madden super overrated. So I mean, that's you know, I think the uh, I agree. That he was actually just World kind Series of lucky. I agree. There was there was a lot of <laughs> yes. weird genius, a lot of weird genius elements to the 2008-2009 Tampa Bay team that like any baseball right. fan is like still in awe of in terms of like how many weird things they did right. But I right. think he got he got credit for that mystique, and time has proven he deserved absolutely none of it. Yeah, I, again, I agree. I think the 2016 title should have an asterisk. <laughs> the Chapman title, right? With wife Peter Chapman there at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm a Cleveland fan, so I very much want that series to never – I, I kind of want to forget that happened. And Rajai Davis with Cork at his bet. What's right. that? So you, you remember the Jova, the Jova Horsefly series very well. What's that? What was that, uh, Mateo? You remember the Joba Horsefly series very well, then, of course. Yeah, 2007, right? DJ? Yeah. Jabba with all the flies around his face? That was awesome. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, have a great day. I'm going to get back to my real life, okay? All right, you man. Take do care. that, man. Take care. You, you want to get to these trivia questions? Yes. Um, I actually never gave the answer to my first question, so I would just Montreal pick Expos, tri- Montreal Expos, and where did these answers? What? The, where did that come from? We. I, I'm just assuming. I I, I never answered it. Um, okay. All right. Fair. Montreal Expos, and I was, expe- I was I was expecting more thought because I was I thought you were gonna be like, well, we, I was I thinking gotta, that whole time. Dive, I gotta dive back into it. Okay. Montreal Expos. Who would have moved stadiums back then? Obviously not Tampa, because Tampa was too new to consider kicking out already. It uh, wasn't actually, Cleveland. They, they were the the Ray. It was not the Rays. I will eliminate them. So there you go. You got twenty seven other teams to work with, mm. but they were considered. Hmm. I don't know. Um, 
it's not the Indians. Not the let's see. I'm going okay, I really wanna I really wanna nail this, so I'm gonna take extra time. I'm gonna go through every team in every division. Let's see. Yankees obviously no. Boston no. Toronto no. <laughs> Baltimore no. <laughs> Yankees certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> Yankees you gotta hit the road. <laughs> Yankees and Red Sox, you're out. You just came off three straight titles. You get get the hell out. Um <laughs> Dodgers gone. Funny. Yeah, Dodgers, peace out, dude. Um <laughs> so the entire AL East, no. AL or AL West, at, not Astros. Well, I'm just counting the Astros. Astros, no. Angels, no. Oakland, probably not. Um, Texas, no. Texas might be one because I feel like they had financial trouble for whatever reason. Let's see, AL Central. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna throw a team. I I got bored doing that. The Kansas City Royals. You got close because you were. Oh, no, let it. me guess it then. Let me guess it. That makes me think AL Central. Tigers were dog shit back then, but I feel like they're too important. The Twins. It was the Twins. Was it really? Yeah. Why you, the uh, Twins? Um. They were getting fleeced. I, I I should actually pull this up because this is kind of fascinating. Uh, their business was absolutely terrible because they were like they weren't making money off of anything other than tickets and concessions, because a lot of their uh, a lot of their luxury suites and their season tickets and all that stuff was that went to the Vikings because they shared a stadium with the Vikings. Right. And then they used public money to build the stadium. So in the contract with the the company or i guess the organization who i guess would represent just minneapolis in general they Mm -hmm. made they made most of the money off of the advertisements so the twins ownership group was actually like i don't they say that everybody loses you know they don't make money in right in major league the twins were actually losing money so they had let me uh Let's see. Despite the uh, two attempts, uh, they were trying. Oh, everybody wanted them to build a new stadium. Everybody, and I always thought that the Huber H. Humphrey Metrodome was cool, but everybody else apparently, whoever stepped foot inside of it, hated it because it was built for it was built for football. So everything was angled. Every seat was angled toward the fifty yard line, but. Hmm. In in baseball stadiums, everything's supposed to be angled toward the pitcher's mound, so they didn't they didn't even think the seats were very good. But everyone else just hated the stadium. Um, let me see what else do we have here. We said, uh, everything blah blah blah. Oh, they had a white roof. You might remember. Do you remember the white roof that caved in? Um, yes. On the bike. Okay, they had a white roof, so it was really hard for players to track pop flies. So huh. they hated that too. Um. The roof also deflated on multiple occasions due to carrying heavy snow, which we saw. Yes. Um, they uh, they had been rumored to be relocating for a long time. Um, hmm. By the way, in, in doing the research for this question, I discovered that Bud Selig's daughter owned the Brewers because he owned the Brewers, but then he got promoted to league commissioner. So he just... Gave his team to his daughter. I feel like that's way huh. too shady. That seems like 
I don't know if that's shady. It's just that's interesting. I I feel like, and there was here's the here's the little conspiracy theory. If you would allow me to put on my uh, my tinfoil hat here, I love Um, it. So Celie's family still owned the Brewers, all you know, although he did it. But the thought was that he was pushing so hard to get the Twins out of there because the next closest team to Minnesota was the Brewers. So he thought they were going to pick up all those Minnesota sports fans. So that now, again, I told you that they voted 28 to two. So I, that, that vote was solid regardless, but Bud Selig uh, may have had some not so great, not, not so innocent intentions. And, um, but what, what actually ended up happening with this, this is, and I thought it was a very fascinating story. Um, there was a judge in Minneapolis who determined that and this seems like way too flimsy. I don't know how this worked, but he said that the team was too important to the community, but he still somehow also followed judicial precedent. So he did, it sounds like he just made it up and said, no, you're too important. But apparently this is actually uh, a good decision to make. But that saved the, the twins. He said that they had to keep their lease. They had one more year on their lease in their stadium. And the judge ruled that the twins had to play in the Metrodome for the next season. So that, that, that basically saved the twins. And then it would have basically been impossible to manage a 162 game schedule with an odd amount of teams. So that ended up actually saving the Expos and then major league baseball just quit. So, so, so the Minnesota judge actually saved both organizations by doing that. And the major league baseball was like, eh, yeah, you know, we don't feel like doing that anymore, so we're not going to continue with it. So that's uh, that's how that happened. But uh, you do not get you do not get it because you said the Royals, and if I didn't give you that giant hint about you you were th- you were in the right division, um, no, that yeah, doesn't that's, count as a point for me. Certainly not. Correct. But uh, that was uh, that was my little my little fun that I was having talking about uh, going over a little history. It was uh, the Expos and the Twins. Hmm. The Twins surprises me. I didn't think that seems, seems like a team that's just going to be around for until the end of time. And there was just like never going to be a chance of them moving. But, um, okay, so I guess I'll start with these trivia questions first. Well, I mean, that um, was my first one. I know, but it doesn't count. I, it counts. You just didn't get a point for it. That was one of my three. Fair. Fair. Um, I, okay. I, I just wanted to include Mateo. As much as possible, but even he didn't know it. The all-time leader for plays, hitting into double plays, is currently active. Who is it? I actually know the answer. To this. this is Albert Pools. God damn you! I, I I I don't know. I guess those those Angels years weren't great for him, but no. But uh, good for him. So all right, this is this is my comeback. This is my comeback here. Um, I'm losing. I'm losing the trivia series four to three. So this is where I'm going to tie it. So here we go. Um, I, I teased this one a little bit about the Chiefs um, because the Chiefs have made four straight AFC uh, AFC championships. So outside of LeBron team, so you can't say the Cavs and you can't say the Heat. Which which NBA franchise most recently made the conference finals four times in a row? The Clippers. No, not the Clippers. Not no, that doesn't count. Um, I don't know why the Clippers just immediately popped in my head, but it's certainly not them. 
You okay. just shot. You just blurted that out very hastily. I must say. So four times in a row, not the Heat or Cavs. Correct. Everybody else. Let me let me double check this because. Um, Golden State. Um, I meant to say and not Golden State, and I forgot okay, to say. Okay, okay. That's about to say. Wait a minute. Um, four straight. So, dating how far back? Um, just are you? I'll, okay, I'll okay. say. I'll say. I'll. I'll give you. It's within. It's within our lives. Okay. It's within our lives. But no, no Golden State and no LeBron. Which team is the most recent to make it to uh, four, four straight, straight conference, conference finals. finals, East or West? I'm not going to say which one. Between two, t- I'm thinking Boston or Detroit. Four straight Western Conference. Man, who went on a run? Who? Hoops went on a run. <laughs> Certainly not the. I was good. I, I, for a second there, I thought you tripped me up, and I was going to be the first edition of the LeBron Cavs, but that wasn't. That's not right. I think they made a couple. They they made no, just the no. They made two. They made two. Yeah, they made two. Certainly, it's definitely not the Bulls. You think Derrick Rose was that good? I mean, come on. No, he went to one, but. Yeah. Lost in five. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's see. I feel like, like the early Detroit team made that. Oh, but San Antonio also stands out. And the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. Because they went to. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. It has to be the Lakers. The most recent team not named Le- not named LeBron uh, that does not have LeBron and does is not named the Golden State Warriors are the Detroit Pistons who ah, went, sit, went six straight years between two thousand and three and two thousand eight. Remember they made it the year after the Cavs beat them. I remember that, but I thought it was just like spread out. Yes, here here are the here are the six opponents. Uh, the Boston. New Jersey Nets, the in 2003, that was the second of the back-to-back year that the Nets had the East. Um, then the Pacers, which 2004 was quite the year between the Pistons and the Pacers. Yeah. Um, then back-to-back with the Heat, uh, then the Cavs, then the Celtics. Huh. Man, oh, man. I, that pisses me off because I I was thinking exactly it was that Pistons team or it was the Lakers. I said Pistons at first, and I was almost about to say I was almost about to just blurt out the Pistons. Well, it was uh, it was kind of like a rotating door between the Suns, the Spurs, and the Lakers. So those those teams all interfered with each other at some point. Right, and there were a, okay. there, there were a couple Mavericks years. Right. I, I thought about them for a second too. I'm like, did Dallas do it? But then they lost in the first. I remember they lost as the first seed, one seed in the first round. I'm like, no way they did that. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's, I forgot that they did that. Okay. We're going to head to the NBA for this one. All right. Who is the all time leading rebounder for the Charlotte Bobcats? Just the Bobcats. 
Okay, let's uh, let's think this one through. Um, first name that comes to mind is Al Jefferson, but I don't think he spent nearly enough time there. To, this has to be a, like a, just a career guy. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what year they transitioned the Bobcats, but I remember. I remember a video game cover where it was like 1999 and the guy on the cover was on the Charlotte Hornets. So this, this has to be again within our lives. And then the Charlotte Bobcats lasted until uh, the mid 2010s. Okay. Um, Gerald Wallace is an option, but he was a small forward. And I, I, I don't know how many years he spent in Charlotte. Although, is it my other option is like Bismack Biombo or something for goodness sake or Dejana Jop BJ Mullins is an option um gosh man uh I'm gonna s- <sighs> Jared Wallace was good though I'm gonna say I, I have no idea how many years he spent there but this this has to be a Whoever it is it has to be a guy who just spent a lot of years there. I don't think it's going to be Al Jefferson. This is a fantastic, fantastic trivia question. Mm. I'm going to you say said Al Jefferson. I'm final answer is Gerald Wallace. Well, both of them are incorrect. It is a Mecca Okafor. Oh, I forgot about that. Played there for like six years. Yeah, I uh, like his prime years. I had a uh, I had his basketball card on the Bobcats, and I didn't even mm. remember that I had that until you just said his name. That's a that is a fantastic trivia. That is the the level of difficulty that we're looking for here. Oh yes, you are doing your job. Thank you. Okay, so it remains one to nothing. Okay, um, so in 2015. Marcus Mariota was drafted by the Tennessee Titans to replace a revolving door of three different quarterbacks from the year prior. Name two of them. And I will say, all three quarterbacks started at least five games, so they all saw significant playing time. So, Zach I'm not Matt giving Berger. You... All right, there's one. And... Um... Jake Locker, probably not. It's between two people I'm thinking right now. Jake Locker and Clipboard Jesus. Who's Clipboard Jesus? Charlie Whitehurst. Oh. He said because he looks like Jesus and he's a backup career backup quarterback. Yeah, because his hair. That's right. Right. Okay, so I I know for a a fact. Fact. Burger has to be one of them. And then let's see. I I'm gonna say Jake Locker. Well, I mean, you might as well have gone three for three because Clipboard Jesus was the third. Mm. I almost said Ryan or uh, Fitzpatrick because I know he played there for a season. I think he did at some point, um, but it wasn't then. But you. I mean, you got it. That, uh, all right, so it's tied. So I could, I, I got to hit a walk-off right here before we go to a tiebreaker. This one's which, a doozy. This one oh is my a gosh. doozy. I'm going to have to improvise a tiebreaker question then because I am uh, – we, we might be tied at one. Okay. I, dude, I didn't think that you were going to just so easily say, oh, yeah, Charlie Whitehurst, of course. 
because the Browns had a bit had that NFL record comeback against them that year. Oh my gosh! Of course, I choose that year of all. Great. <laughs> and I just remember everyone was talking about Zach Mettenberger being the next greatest quarterback of all time, and it just certainly did not happen. Yeah. But um, although I will I, say this, and this this is the the producer's note: Marcus Mariota and Jake Locker were never teammates because. Uh, Jake Locker retired, I think, right after that year. So he was yeah, he no longer in the God. running. Yeah. Um, um, no, he said he just didn't like football anymore. No, because he went to go find God. Oh. Well, like he's a bit. Yeah, I think he's like a pastor. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. I didn't. I I didn't make this question. I stole this question. I just want that thrown out there. Okay, which means I hope it came from Twitter. Which means I hope I saw it too. It did not come from Twitter. Gosh darn it. This come from some Barstool article about horses yeah, and triple crowns. It came from Barstool, but um, <laughs> really like I just really like the question. Other than the Packers, four NFL teams have a single letter in their primary logo. Name them. Um, it doesn't have to be their like the letter isn't their primary logo, but there's a single letter in their primary logo. Like the Packers is just a G. Like, if it was the helmet and the G on it, that would also count. But it's not. Okay, okay, all right. Well, all right, here's here's why I think this is a dangerous trivia question, because we have unlimited time on this podcast. So, I do have time yes, now. Yes, take your time. All right, Patriots, no. Bills, no. Dolphins, no. Jets, no. All right. Baltimore, yo. I think that does, – does, does that Raven have a B on him, like on his face or something? All right, so right, we're going to hold the Ravens. You said four others aside from the Packers or Packers plus three? Uh, four others besides the Packers. All right, we're going to count the Ravens, and if, if I get it five, then I might have to drop them at the end. But, all right, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers, no. Um, the Broncos, you said primary logo, so I don't think it's the Broncos because they – Yes, the primary logos today. Okay, Um Okay, that means that there's got to be one or two that are – oh, okay, Washington Command – oh, man, the Commanders just changed their logo. I don't know what their new logo is. Um, right, Other than the it. Packers and Washington Commanders because I, for, I forgot the Commanders because I think their logo is just the W. All right. So, oh, great. So there's – let, let, let me double check. It's not going to count. It's not one of the answers, but let me just double check. Okay. Oh, well, if, well, if the Commanders don't count as one of the four, that's all I needed. Um, I just want to check now. Yeah, just for fun. Yeah, it's the okay. W. Okay. There's going to be um, – okay, it's obviously not Kansas City because they have the K and the C, and we need one individual letter. Um, the Raiders, no. It, is there some, like, hidden trick question? Okay. Um, so we got the Ravens as one, I think. Okay, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, yeah. Um, Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, so we're at two, still lukewarm on the Ravens. I know for a fact the Titans only have one. Um, Jaguars, no, Texans, no, and who on earth, the Colts, no. Okay. Um, Eagles, Technically, no. it is a U, but no. <laughs> uh, I, I swear if that counts. Um, no, it doesn't. We're going to say the Ravens, and we're going to say the Titans. We're going to go to... Washington, New York, Dallas, Philly, New York has two, so that doesn't count. Green Bay, Jesus. Vikings have the Viking face. Oh, 
Man, does he have any? No, he doesn't have any. The Viking doesn't have anything on his helmet. Um, the Bears. All right, so there's three. The Bears, the Ravens. Um, all right, so we got Panthers, Buccaneers, Falcons, Saints. No, it's a the Florida lease is not a letter. All right, so it's, it's got to be from the West, or I'm missing one. So we got Rams. No, 49ers. No, they have the S and the F. Seahawks. No. Um, the, who's the fourth team in the West? Hold on, Seahawks, 49ers, Rams. Why on earth am I blanking on the NFC? I if if this is the last, if I'm about to go four for four, and it's because and I miss it because I just forgot who the fourth NFC West team was, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> they. Oh, the card! Oh man, just the... no, no, no. It's just the Cardinals' face. Okay, I'm. There's a mystery. Okay, this is basically what this entire question is based on. Is this one mystery one that barely has this logo, this uh, this thing hidden? Okay. I, I am locking in Ravens, Titans, and Bears. This is – I apologize to the audience. This is selfish podcasting. I am doing this all for myself and my own pride because this is hmm. – it seems like too easy of a question to miss. What did I – I, I, I very quickly just blitzed through the NFC South. So it's Buccaneers, no. Panthers, absolutely not. Saints, absolutely not. Falcons, does that count as an F? It has its no. own little – Talons down. Okay. Um, the Lions don't have anything. The Vikings. If the Viking has anything on his helmet, I swear. Um, <laughs> the Giants know. The Cowboys know. The Eagles know. Okay. Jaguars. Does the Jaguar have like a J? Is his tongue in the shape of a J or something? Um, <laughs> I. The Jets have the full J E T S. Oh. Oh man, this no! It was the old Dolphins logo had the guy wearing the had the dolphin wearing the helmet with the M on it. I don't think. Oh, but it's it's not just a dolphin. There's more to the logo than just the dolphin. It is the the Bengal has the face? The brown has just a the the orange got oranger. Sure um, did. <laughs> the Texans have a star. They don't have any letters. The Raiders, if they even have, the, it's either the entire word spelled out or, oh my gosh, Kansas, it's not Kansas City because they have both, I know for a fact. Um, I, I might just shoot for the moon on this one and I'm, I might go Dolphins, but I want to give one last look to the, the South, the Jaguars, the Texans, the Colts. Okay, um, my fourth team is the Dolphins, and I don't feel great about it, but I don't feel good about any any other team. I can't believe you didn't get this. Wait, oh my. Oh. The Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, that's their primary logo? Yeah, oh, man. The B. I was, the I was thinking of right. the Tigers. I was thinking of the Tigers' face. Dang it. That's not their primary logo. I forgot. Well, 
need to go back to that tiger because it's much cooler than the bee. They got oh well, the, the the full tiger. Oh, that thing was sick. Yeah, I like that thing when it's on the helmet too. Uh huh. Okay. Uh oh. Right, we gotta. Well, this is why we. Uh, this is why we need to score here. So why we study sports so we can. Uh, oh yeah. Prepare for. As I try to reestablish my internet connection here. Um. All right. Um. I guess speaking of the NBA playoffs, Allen Iverson led the Philadelphia 76ers to the NBA Finals, where they lost to the Los Angeles Lakers in five games in 2001. In 2001, who did the 76ers beat in the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, Jesus, is it? No, it's not Detroit. Um. I don't know why I think Boston went on a run just randomly because they were pretty terrible for a while. I don't know why. I don't. I don't think that's correct. But Boston immediately just came to my head. Two thousand. What year? Two thousand one. Right? One. Yes. This, uh, the Allen Iverson year. Right. Two thousand one. Who? Who? Who were those teams? Who? Who? Who was out there? <laughs> Who was out there in the East? Certainly not the Cavs. Andre Miller and Dedrinus Ogowskis were holding it down there. Yeah, and Carlos Boozer was telling everybody how a high schooler's not going to come in and fix us. No, sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. The Bucks had Mike, that was like the year they had Michael Red and Ray Allen. I don't know if they ever made the conference finals, though. This is like slightly out of my wheelhouse too, which is gonna piss me. Just just a year or two out. Just a year yeah, or two it's like just slightly out of my wheelhouse because I don't remember. Well, I was three, so certainly don't remember. <laughs> but um, Brooklyn's winning by fifteen, by the way. Um, yes, yes, they are. Let's go. I need Boston to pick up. I need the the pace. The pace isn't there right now. I need I need a better pace. Um. Detroit's an option, but I don't think they were good. I think that was – well, no, because if they made six straight, like you said, and then they made it in 08, that doesn't match up. So it's not Detroit. Definitely not Chicago. Definitely not Cleveland. Could be Indiana, but probably not. Uh, oh, Indiana's not a bad guess. New Jersey's not a bad guess. Toronto might not be a bad guess. I don't know if Vince Carter and Trace McGrady were still there. Toronto, no. Or, what? I just said Toronto. Um, Orlando, no. Miami, no. New York, no. I'm down to Boston, Milwaukee, and Indiana. Indiana made the finals during that run, during the Lakers run. So it makes sense that they competed for a title the previous year. It also makes sense that any team competed for the title. Um, LeBron James was in high school, so certainly not. <laughs> um, St. Vincent, St. Mary's. Yeah. 
It's, listen, it might be. <laughs> Pacers. I'm going with the Pacers. I don't feel great about it. It's definitely one of those three teams I said, but it's, I'm going with the Pacers. Well, I might as well go and – wait, what was the third team that you said? I said Indiana, Boston, and Milwaukee. I'm going to read these off from 2000 to 2001 to 2002. Okay. Indiana, Milwaukee, and Boston. No, fuck you. I, I'm, I'm dead serious, man. Damn was, it. Milwaukee was the answer, but you but you had him bracketed too on either side. Oh, damn it. What, that was – oh, my goodness. I can't believe – when you said you felt like Boston randomly made a run, they kind of did. It was just the year after. Damn. That was almost like – almost blew my mind. When you said – Michael Red, because Michael Red wasn't even on that team, but I no. was like, no, I was like, dang it, man, he's about to. He he thinks Milwaukee is good because they had Michael Red and they didn't, but he's still gonna randomly get it right anyway. And then you kind of put him away for a little bit, and I'm like, okay, cool, he's not he's not talking about them anymore. And then you're like, well, Indiana, Boston, and Milwaukee, and I'm like, crap, he's still thinking about him. That was a barn burner of a. Yes, it was. God damn it. Now I got to think of. I still got to think of a question. Hold on. Oh, that oh, was. I can't, be, I can't believe that. that was oh, man, that would have been awesome if I got it correct like that. By the way, Ray Allen uh, led the way from Milwaukee, scoring twenty-seven points per game that series. He sure did. Which is unfathomable <laughs> compared to the Ray Allen that we knew, who just stood there and shot threes while everyone else did all the work. He had bounce back in the day. Well, I'm trying hard to come up with the question. Give me, give me a minute. I'm just filibustering. Okay. Give him the time. Just kind of saying words. I'm playing 2K with WNBA teams, and I have a lot of there problems you go. with this. Oh, I'm trying to be woke. Oh, I just turned away, and it was points galore. <laughs> now we're well within pace. Or not well with. We're like right on pace, but compared to what we were 20 seconds ago. Oh, okay. Let me. Oh, I just. Um, let me just confirm that this makes sense. Okay. College right, football. Okay, my wheelhouse. It was Which means it's gonna be really in the eighties. College football oh. in the eighties. Uh oh. <laughs> it's a Heisman question. Who were the oh. only three quarterbacks to win the Heisman in the eighties? Vinny Testaverde. Um. Oh no! What year was Andre Ware? I think he was 1991 or 1990. So I dang it, man! That would have been an easy second one. There was a guy named Gino Toretta somewhere. I he might have been the early. He might have been 1992. Now I think about it, but there was a Miami quarterback named Gino. So I got Vinny Testaverde. Wow. Great, great question. And I am already going to have to open up my laptop and start researching another <laughs> another wild card. Are you just throwing in the towel on this one? No, not yet. Um, there was – I almost just shouted Billy Sims when you said 80s Heismans, like just trying to like <laughs> show off and just – and that would not have been the correct answer to this. 
Um, Vinny Testaverde from Miami. Uh, oh, oh. Um, was that the 80? Yeah, Ty Detmer. Or was he 1990? Well, then what year was Andre? Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm going to get – I'm going to miss this question because either Andre Ware or Ty Detmer was like 1990 or 1991, and that's going to kill me. Or maybe both. Maybe they went – maybe Detmer was 90 and Ware was 91. Uh, no, no. Andre Ware was really – okay. As proud as I am of myself for even coming up with Ty Detmer as an answer, I'm going to put him away into the – but no, Raheem Ismael. What – no, I'm gonna sorry. That was '90s. That was '90s. I'm gonna say on uh, Benitez Deverdi, Andre Ware, and uh, uh, um, let's see, Florida State. Who was your quarterback? Uh, and anybody else? Any? All right, you know what? We're bringing Gina. We're gonna bring Gino Toretta back into the '80s, even though I'm, I'm almost positive he's a '90s guy. We're gonna say. God, I hate you. I have two quarterbacks from the same school. What a horrible way to answer this question. Uh, Gino Toretta, Vinny Testaverde, and Andre Ware. And, you're wrong. It's Andre Ware, Vinny Testaverde, and Doug Flutie. <laughs> Ty Detmer was 1990. Gosh, darn it, man. How did I come up with Ty Detmer and I can't come up with Doug Flutie? Dude used to call Notre Dame games and he's in that commercial. Where they should keep showing his highlight. All right. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to. Okay. Uh, this one, I'm gonna pull out this one. Okay. Because it was, I I don't think this is a story. This was a. There are good Wikipedia pages, which are. there's a Wikipedia page that's basically just a list of other Wikipedia pages of sports controversies co- controversies and scandals. And um, one of them was from uh, 2005. So – and I, I like to think that uh, 2005, this may have been a little bit before our time when we were really – Right around when I started. News. So really uh, this one this – one, I don't know. We'll see. All right. 17 members of this NFL team attended a boat party in their during their bye week, which led to four players being charged with misdemeanors and their coach being let go at the end of the season. In 2005? Yes. I was going to say the Giants, but no. Um, for some reason, I don't – I for some reason, I think I may know this, is it the Minnesota Vikings? Darn it, man! I'm... I don't. I let me. That's a complete. It was. It that answer was in my oh. brain, but I don't know why. That I didn't remember why. I don't know why. Oh, I Who can't believe it? I just. Um. Fred Smoot was the main guy. Okay. Um, I don't know why I knew that. The 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 reason I know who Fred Smoot is is because. They made like ESPN. That you know how ESPN had that DJ who always came up and like mixed up songs yeah. for like for, like press conference quotes and it would turn them into songs. They yeah. made one for Ocho, for um, Ocho Cinco and To get your popcorn ready, which was actually great. I've watched that video so many times. Oh, I love that video. But 
Uh, part of that video is when Ocho Cinco is going down the list of every cornerback he's gonna face. He's gonna face off during the season. He has a giant. He has a schedule of cornerbacks in his locker, and one of them was Fred Smoot. So that's how I remembered who he was. But yeah, they had 17 players attend um, this boat party. It got way out of control. Um, this this is a fun one because I don't know. I my first thought when I read this was, I don't know how you do that in an era that didn't include social media, but they, <laughs> but they flew out prostitutes from Atlanta and Florida to go join them. I don't even know how you do that. Like the whole Deshaun Watson thing, like that makes sense in my head, how that happens where he's like meeting uh, masseuses online. I don't understand how you have those connections, but 17 players, were taking place, taking part. Uh, four of them took it way too far and received charges. Re- received charges, and um, at the end of the year, Mike Tice was no longer welcome back to be the head coach because uh, they're like, you have no control over this locker room. So, what are we spend the bye week? All right, I got mine. I think you, I think you, I think you might get this one, but. It's oh just, wait! Thank. Oh my gosh, dude! I thought I just lost. I forgot that I still have one question. That I. Yeah. That I, okay. Thank goodness. Woo-hoo! I'm back. I think you I might get this one, but I just. We'll we'll see. Okay, so in Ohio State's three-game run to the national championship, they took down the top three Heisman vote getters that year. Name them. The um, Carlisle Jones year. Okay. Oh, um, Melvin Gordon, and then. Amari Cooper, then Marcus Mariota. Yep. I thought you were going to trip up on Amari Cooper. I almost did for a second. Okay. Whew. All right. We're alive. We uh, 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 staying alive. Um, gosh, let me, um, let me see. I am, I, I don't have a clue how you just pulled the Minnesota Vikings one. <laughs> I don't either. I just, I remember reading that one time. Um, Great. Now that now I have to come up with something that's going to be a. All right, Ooh, I got we're going to. All right, I think we're going to do a uh, a coaching path or something like that. Let's. Um... All right, let's uh, let's do this one. Okay, so um, obviously lots of. Every coach, every head coach in football is an assistant coach at some point. And then Confirm. the traditional path. Yeah, exactly. Uh, unless it's Condoleezza Rice. But mm. <laughs> the traditional path is you work up as a position coach, work your way up to a coordinator. And then once you're a coordinator, maybe you bounce around a few spots. Uh, right. And then you become a head coach. John Gruden had the title of offensive coordinator. Now, he was an assistant at multiple places, but he was only the offensive coordinator for one specific NFL franchise, which franchise was it? Um, the I'm assuming it's where he was before he went to Oakland, because that would uh, must be a natural progression or an offensive coordinator becoming a head coach. Because if he was only the offensive coordinator at one place, that assumes that. It makes me leads me to assume it was the year before he joined Oakland. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll give it to you. That, that's correct. Hell yes. I, 
I remember he, the Packers. I, I I can visualize him a young John Gruden in a Packers like hoodie. I I think I remember. I, I think I know where you know that from. But <laughs> I, I will not comment on whether or not I'm because it's Brett Favre probably. Oh, because he he did a he he had Brett Favre when he did his Gruden QB camp. He had Brett Favre come, and I think ESPN was doing right. something related to that. I guess, but I can offensive coordinator. Oh no! Come on! Don't get this wrong. Oh, please. Um... please get it wrong. For some reason, okay, so it's down to the Packers and the Eagles because I can now visualize him and like talking to Randall Cunningham, like a picture of him talking to Randall Cunningham. I can I can remember seeing that picture vividly. So I know for a fact he's with the Packers. I just don't know for a fact if I remember seeing that picture correctly. The Eagles. Gosh darn it, man. Oh. Was he there for one year? Uh, three. Okay. So he was the OC all three years? Like he got hired as the OC in Philly for three Uh, years? That I don't know. But he was the OC. He had the title of offensive coordinator for three years. And I I knew there was a picture of him talking to Randall Cunningham stored in my brain. And since we're talking about um, NFL coaches, I will mention that uh, John Gruden – Born in Sandusky, Ohio, attended Muskingum College for a year and was the backup quarterback at the University of Dayton for three years. So continuing our our tradition of every single coach having a connection to the state of Ohio. As always. It's always been Ohio. Okay. This one's a doozy. Oh, man. After, College oh football. Okay. The, ah. 2000, the 2009-2010 regular season is what the question is about. Okay. There were five teams that went undefeated that year. Alabama and Texas were two of them. They played in the national championship game. Who were the other three teams? Undefeated in the regular season. I, you are going to be so impressed with how quickly I do it. Wait a minute. Um, oh, 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 oh. Okay. I, I almost very crudely just screamed out Florida, Utah, and TCU. And then I remembered, wait a minute, Utah and TCU were in the same conference and they played each other that year. I'm pretty sure they were like number two and number four or something when they played each other. But it is, I actually want to see if I can get the rankings correct off the top of my head. Um, Florida, uh, I think Alabama versus Florida may have actually been a one versus two. Um, uh, Florida and it was TCU. TCU was above Cincinnati. Cincinnati was the last one. Say those three again. Florida, uh, TCU, and Cincinnati. You got two of them right. What? Cincinnati and TCU were right. Boise State was the third. Did Florida not? Huh. Well, I just lost. Great. You sure did. I got to pull, but now I'm, I'm so. Well, because they lost to Alabama. Oh, they played in the regular. You said regular season. Yeah, regular season counts the SEC, the championship game. Oh, okay, I, I can. That. Okay, timeout, timeout. I can see why that's confusing. 
I, uh, because, yeah, because Florida and Alabama, I know both went into that game 12 and 0. All right, I, I'm, I'm, you said that, and I immediately started to panic, like, oh shit. He's thinking, he's not thinking champions. I should have cleared that up. Uh, what a heartbreaker. I know. I'll give you another one. I have, I have a list of these that was unfair by me. I have a list okay. of these. I just have to run through it. Uh, that's fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get a we'll get a mulligan. We'll get a mulligan. So you're, you're still safe for now, but I have to do another question. Okay, I got it. Here we go. Okay, so from twenty, this is from 2010 to 2019. I'll give you the era. Two teammates won back to back. AL MVP awards. Name them. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Um. Oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Oh my god, dude. No, Verlander won his MVP in like 2007 or something. Come on, get real. Um. Oh, did Scherzer win the MVP? Because he was a killer that year. No, 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 because I think Miggy went back and back. Um, well, there, there, were, there were all the trout years. But I don't know. Who would Trout's teammate have been that could possibly have won the MVP? Because Tani didn't exist before 2020. Did he? Well, no, he didn't win the MVP until last. What am I talking about anyway? Good God. Um,. Well, Mike Trout was always hovering around there. Um, Jose Abreu was twenty twenty, so he wouldn't be eligible. Um, did Aaron Judge win the MVP? Wait, can you repeat the question, please? Yes. Hold on, I, I exited out. I have to go. I just want to make sure I have it completely right. Is it uh, two, from, two? Is it two American League teammates or two teammates won American League MVP? What do you? They were teammates, and they won. They went back to back, so they were both on. They were on both on the team both years. Okay, thank you. Because I okay, it, I for a second I thought there might have been like a Stanton Judge thing, right. Where Stanton won twenty seventeen, then joined the Yankees, and then Judge, yeah, um. Okay, let's think about the Astros. Jose Altuve. Uh, man, this has to be early 2010s, honestly. Um, no, did David Ortiz win any MVPs? Because Dustin Pedroit, no, that might have been like 2008 or something. He won it. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be so mad at myself. That's... <laughs> Oh, they got a New York, they got a Yankees bias, so keep in mind that that Judge, what teammate would he have had that would have won it with him? No, can't think of him. We are going to have, I mean, seriously, it wasn't Pujols, it wasn't Josh Hamilton. What other angels were there during Mike Trout? Um... Certainly not David Freeze. No. <laughs> no, he he didn't. Um, 
Granky was an angel for a season, but there's no way. Dude, I'm about to. Oh, I, you know, maybe, maybe Verlander's MVP was actually in like 2011. That might. Uh, all right, I'll say Verlander, then Miguel Cabrera. Correct. Oh, my gosh, dude. I I don't know why I thought Verlander's first MVP was in 07. I know, that was a little real. I think that's when he made his debut. Okay. That. Thank goodness. Because all, all I was envisioning was the introduction to MLB The Show 14 when they had, like, the MVPs, the Rookies of the Year, and the Cy Youngs, and there was Scherzer and Cabrera both in that intro. So I was oh. <laughs> All right. the tribute goes on. Okay, um, let's see if I can concoct anything um, out of this. Oh, I uh. I think I got a good one, or, hmm. or maybe like every other good question I think I have, you just shockingly pull it out of thin air. Um, where did Bill Self coach immediately before coaching at Kansas? Memphis. Nope. That's Calipari. Uh, you're, lu- you're lucky I didn't have a quick trigger. I almost, yeah, I almost, I almost said no, but. I feel like you asked this, but I can't be for sure. I really, I mean, that wouldn't completely shock me, but Bill Self, Bill Self, Bill Self. Somebody, oh yeah, you already Illinois. Gosh darn it! I can't believe I already asked that. And then where where else? There's Illinois and I can't remember. Uh, Oral Roberts, Tulsa, Illinois, Ooh. Kansas. Oral Roberts. Okay, now I gotta think of something here. Ooh, no, you know this. I know you know this. Uh, <laughs> it. Let me see if you know it. If this doesn't count, who's the only quarterback to lose back-to-back BCS national championship games? To lose? Yeah. Uh. Well, this still doesn't count. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> um, it's, uh, well, it wasn't Ken Dorsey because he won one, then lost. Um, I, I, I might be overthinking this, uh, because Todd Beckman lost the second one, mm-hmm. so it wasn't the. Did Sam Bradford lose two in a row? I don't know. Um, no. Well, who did Cam do? Darren Thomas. No. Um, wait. All right. I don't know. Maybe it's my – maybe I just got lazy when you – is it – Um. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I think you may have already – did Florida State lose back-to-back – Wait, but they had different quarterbacks, didn't they? Wasn't it Chris Winkie and then and then Chris Ricks? No. Was it Chris Rink Chris Winkie? No, it's Jason White. Oh. I thought for oh. sure you would have known that. I don't know why. I uh, 
I, I just skipped over those two years, I guess, because I, I immediately jumped to the Ohio State years. And then I was like in the very, very early 2000s. So, well, I, yeah, they lost to LSU, then USC. I should have. All right. I got one. And again, right. I'm, 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 this is, this is the last question I've ever had pre written. So if we go an extra round, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, prior, or yeah, prior to Joe Burrow, the last two SEC quarterbacks to lead the nation in touchdowns came in 2017 and 20, and, and 1996. Name them. 96 is Danny Warfel. Um, okay, you knew that so vividly, correctly, so I'll say yes. 2017. 20, um, an SEC quarterback to lead the nation in touchdown passes? Yes. Oh, man, this is... Well, we got Jalen Hurts and we got Jake Fromm. Um but the the roundabout question, or like the the sneaky question, could be, you know, because those two made the playoffs, it could be somebody outside of those two teams who just, you know, had the Kyle Trask stats, I guess. But um, so let's think about that one. We got Felipe Franks is an option, which I an option I do not want to pick. Uh, <laughs> a lot, a wise decision. <laughs> Um, 2017 Ellis, uh, so Danny Etling, another decision I don't want to make, although, um, it may have, he may have actually been the year after that, but if he was a multi-year starter, then he would, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, would Jake Fromm have led the nation in touchdown passes? That's, that seems outside of his... Outside of his range. Um, so it's a 2018 draft. That was the Baker, Darnold, Rosen. Um, that was Lamar Jackson. John. Okay, so we went 0 for 5. None of them were SEC quarterbacks. Um, would Jake Fromm really have led the nation as a in touchdown passes as a freshman? That seems kind of far-fetched. And I... I had a serious agenda against Jalen Hurts when he was at Alabama because I I refused yeah, to believe that he was capable of passing the ball. So I I really don't feel comfortable suggesting him. Um, uh, did Arkansas have somebody weird or uh, I don't know um, Tennessee? God, oh uh, no 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 no! What am I talking about? Um, I will say. Despite the fact that he missed a quarter of the first game of the year because Jacob Eason was playing, I'm going to say Jake Fromm, and I don't feel good about it. You shouldn't feel good about it. It good better boys. not be J- Jalen Hurts. Um, Drew Locke. Get out of Oh, my gosh. That's mm-hmm. – wow. I actually uh... – man, if I... I – if I put enough – I should have. If if Missouri came to mind, well, first of all, if Missouri came to mind, I would have had to actually like remember Drew Locke, which is kind of hard to do. But if Drew Locke came to mind, I think I would have pulled the trigger on him. But actually, gosh, good question, good question. And well, uh, I, I got to get back uh, in the lab. I'm out of questions. Yeah, I I have to as well. I man. That was like a triple over. Now I'm down 5-3. I'm down 5-3 mm. in trivia. All right. I got a 
Oh, all right. Big time players step up in big time situations. Yeah, all right, Santana Moss. Um, That's right. All right, we are going to log off and go watch some um, some NBA playoff basketball. Just watch uh, my Guardians sweep a doubleheader. We'll have a we'll have a Stephen Kwan update uh, a week from today, and uh, we're going to keep rocking and rolling until then. All of you enjoy the playoffs, and of course, mm-hmm. as always, take care. Peace.